Why not see what all the fuss is about and visit Arcade Club at the UK's largest classic video and pinball arcade. Now open Saturdays and Sundays. Search Arcade Club on Google or Facebook to find them, or see links in the podcast notes on our site. Hello, my name is Victor Marland, a.k.a. Vertvic. And I'm Sean Holly, a.k.a. In Your Face, Sean Holly. I'm good, and we are, collectively, the Tenpence Arcade Podcast, where we talk about retro arcade games and everything that surrounds them. And we are both a member of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. How are you, Vic? I'll be honest with you, I've not been in the garage for a while. I only went in there for the first time in about a week. And I think I've just been sort of piling up the stuff because I need to tidy it up and I haven't been doing it. I just go in and go, meh, and go out again. <laughs> but oh, I'm going to talk that out. I had a quick game of uh, Kung Fu Master. Yeah. Got duffed up by the guy in the yellow pyjamas again. Oh, God. Which is getting to be a bit of a normal thing now. I'm going to beat him. I'm going to bust his bottom before long. I've never got anywhere near that, so you're doing better than me. I'm going to kick sand in his sandwiches and <laughs> have him away. So, yeah, that's what I've been sort of... Uh, up to a little bit. I've been playing our feature game as well. I've had a good few goes of that. And not as bad as the last one we had, which I disliked intensely. Yes, you did. Halley's Cobbett. Hmm, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. We we will talk about the Comet of Halley later. Mm. Yeah, I had a good few games on that. I also put um, a recently repaired Frogger board, thanks Sarge, again, uh, back into one of my cabs. It's going to stay in there for a little while now, because I like a bit of Frogger, me. Try and mm. beat my 16,000-odd record of done before that's about my, my highest i think on there that's good i think i've got 15 something yeah it starts getting really difficult after about twelve thousand. it gets really difficult but apparently it kind of resets i thought that because i've seen people get forty five thousand before i think yeah. when i was at arcade club last when i was there i was doing the best on it i came back later on i was like someone had got like twenty six thousand. i was like how the heck did they do that yeah i think it does it does sort of plateau and come back slow again and it speeds itself up again for another yeah, so a bit of ribbiting going on. Yeah. I also had, uh, last week, I had a whole day to myself because uh, wife had to go and do something, and I was left home alone, which is never <laughs> a good thing. But I was up to me, up to me earballs in Spectrum Guts. Mm. I had a ZX Spectrum that wasn't working with uh, a thing I'd bought with it, and I was taking bits apart and trying things out and recapping stuff, and I actually won another Spectrum, and that wasn't working. I won it on eBay. Ah. It wasn't it wasn't a tombola or anything <laughs> or a competition. I won it on eBay. It was ever so cheap, but it was the one I actually wanted, the one with the, the black keyboard with the sort of indented keys, the plus version. Yeah. That's I the one I had that. as a kid. And I got it. And I got it from work, because uh, it arrived to work on Saturday, so I nipped in to get that. And I came and plugged it in all excited. Didn't work. <sighs> and it was doing all sort of blocky screen and it sounded like it was trying to you know when it loads with the loading sounds, the screeching. It was doing yeah. that all the time. I was like, what's going on? I've not even got a tape recorder plugged into it. So I had these two bits of spectrum in bits, and I was trying different things. I actually unsoldered the Z80 chip, which is about a 42-pin chip you've got to take out. That's a bit of a nightmare, but I got a desoldering iron, so it's made it a lot easier. And with the Spectrum Plus, I put a new Z80 in, and bosh, it worked. Wow. Ta-da! So yeah, I've I've had the, uh, the the little interface I bought with the SD card in there, and it's been playing loads of games. I've been playing all sorts on there. I love uh-huh. it. It's really good. 
Have you seen them ZX Vegas that have just been released? I have, and I'm not a fan, I don't think. You're not. It's not, it's not a real one, is it? It's not, it's not a spongy keyboard, and well, a, a whole keyboard for a start. It looks like a little controller, because they're quite a bit smaller than a ZX Spectrum. I think it's just a plug-and-play Spectrum, that's what I, I think. I think so, it yeah. Really. It's, I think it's got a, like, a thousand onboard games or something. Yeah. And I've heard there's a special, because some games need different keys to do different things. Rather yeah. than just up, down, left, right, and a couple of fire buttons. And I think what you can do is an on-screen memory, uh, on-screen, sorry, an on-screen menu system, and you can assign the four keys you've got on there to different keys. So I presume mm. there's a way around of working, but it seems a bit of a faff. And mm. I think it's a hundred pounds as well. Yeah, that's quite expensive, really, isn't it? Well, you can get a 48k Spectrum, uh, off eBay for about 20 quid, maybe. And yeah. that, interface I got, which I'll talk about a little bit about later in our pickups, was £26 delivered, and then you can put ROMs on it, original ROMs, and you've got the original hardware running original stuff. Mm. So, you know, and it's not, because that Vega is emulation, I believe. Is it? It's oh, not true hardware. No, no, it's all sort of onboard stuff, and it's, it's emulation. Probably FPGA, but I don't know the ins and outs of it. Mm. Yeah, I suppose yeah. they look pretty good, though, and they're quite styled on the old Spectrum, but I like the original hardware. Mm. But not original tapes, thank you very much. No, tape no. sucks. It really does. Games, the games of days of the days of tapes are over. I was trying to say then. They are because most tapes just don't work anymore either because they're stretched mm. and a bit rotten and all that sort of stuff. Well, so I've had a what have you been up good. to, son? A lot more a, than me, I think. A very good couple of weeks, which we'll get onto the major thing in the pickup section. Yes, but I've been to the lovely old arcade club as usual. Yes. Playing games, shooting stuff, right in face. Right in the face. I've been playing our featured game, which is called... Do you know, when I did the podcast image, yes. I've just sent you the podcast image of us mucking around again. I like it. And wife thought it said Holly's Comet. And I thought, <laughs> right, yeah, that's a good I sh- one. I should have done that. I should have called it Holly's Comet. Oh, yeah, Holly's you missed Comet. that there. And for Schmup League, I've been playing R-Type Leo. And I've never played this before, but in the last week or so, I've been playing it. And I'm very impressed. I'm not normally into my horizontal shooters. Mm-hmm. I prefer the verticals, but this one is just excellent. The graphics, the sound, the the way it handles. You don't have the force pod on R-Type, Leo. You have like these couple oh, okay. of little, little satellite things. Yeah. And you shoot them off, and they act like homing missiles, and they kill everything on screen. When you absolutely, positively got to kill every mother in the room, except no substitute. And while they're killing everything, you, you're down to, like, your original firepower. And then you've got to catch them, and you, your ship goes back to whatever you've powered up to. Yeah. And it's a really good mechanic, and I'm just loving that game. Brilliant. Do you know what? Also, you keep on about these Tohu games. We've mentioned Tohu? it. Every, so, Tohu or Tohu. Oh, I don't know. It's a Japanese word. Shall I do it in a Japanese style again? Uh, let's please. Tohu. Tohu. Yeah, these are explain to the listeners if they don't know already they are fan-made shoot-em-up games usually inspired by original games mm. and they're on pc normally aren't they yeah i believe I in the past them. they were on pc 88 and the msx computers and stuff like that you know the japanese only computers yeah back in the 80s which i'm reading a lot about in that book i got for my birthday about the mm. japanese developers it's quite interesting a lot of it is obscure systems like the pc 88 and uh, you know msx systems and stuff like this but some of it does relate to arcade games as well, which is quite interesting. Mm, I downloaded Tohu 10 or something called Mountain of Faith. Yeah, they've got some uh, great names, haven't they? Yeah, and this one, 
it's very professionally done, brilliant music, great graphics. It's a bullet hell. Yeah, they're, they're really it, polished games. And I think a lot of the, the fans were grabbed by actual developers, companies to do games, yeah. you know, program form. I think it was their, their step up to professionalism. Because mm, it's all in Japanese, I've not worked out to, not worked out how to assign a joystick yet. Yeah, it's hard work on a PC. I think mm, it's to get good. Japanese yeah, stuff it's, to run. it's. I'm very impressed. The Japanese indie games are they called doujin or doujin? Doujin, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're shooters, aren't they? Usually. Yeah, very impressed with that. So that's what I've been up to. I think there's one called uh, it's Elemental Night or something. It's a really good one. It's got really cutesy graphics, you know, sort of the, all the loading screens are sort of cutesy Japanese kids and stuff. And the actual games are proper bullet hells. You know, they look sort of like cave games on, on 8-bit computers. They're really nice games. Really yeah. deep story, convoluted scoring systems, you know. <laughs> yeah, and we can't <laughs> like really work them out because they're all flipping Japanese. Yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure there's a Western following as well. You can probably look up to help you out with all that sort of stuff. But they're really good. Mm, impressed with that. Excellent. Let's have a look at some arcade news from around the world and local areas. Right, a few bits this time. Mm-hmm. I found a video on the Twin Galaxies website. I've just posted this video. It's a perfect Pac-Man completion mm-hmm. from 2013 by David W. Race. Okay. Appropriate name, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say. But the reason this one's so special is because he's done it in the fastest time. He's done a perfect Pac-Man in three hours, 28 minutes. Yeah, that's pretty quick, isn't it? And the whole thing's on there to watch. So when John Studley does his perfect Pac-Man next week in Margate, he's got to do it in under three hours, 28 ah, minutes. But that's, that's where the difference between our, our John, we're yeah. proud of our John, as we call him our John, is doing it differently. <laughs> he does a freehand, remember? Yeah. So oh, he's, like not, he's not me. just... Yeah, he's not just following patterns the whole game. He freehands it up until the ninth key, and that's when you can't freehand anymore. You've got to use patterns to do the game perfectly. But he basically knows where the the the, the ghosts are going and knows their behaviour, and he outruns them and gets them grouped together to eat them all at one go, and he does it all freehand. He doesn't use patterns. If you ever watch him play, it does take quite a long time because he's got to get them behind him and grouped, and there's always, yeah. I think, the orange one, that orange swine breaks off from the group a lot. So you've got to try and get them together before you get the power pill. But mm. John is a different class again, I think. Mm. So yeah, hopefully we'll be doing that next week. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Uh, we've got two new arcades in America. Yeah. One in New York, one in Pennsylvania. Yeah. It's always nice. I know we probably won't get to see them for a while. I do try and go to America when I can. Um, but it's always nice to see new arcades, Starting up all over the world, not just in the UK, but America, especially in America. They're very lucky. Yeah, this one looks like it's got the new Alpine Racer, Aliens Armageddon. I haven't played that. Is that one with a big gun? Yeah, the Jurassic Park, and also Pac-Man Arcade Party, which Ooh, is cool. still selling. That's a couple of years old, that. They're yeah. good little games, though. They, they really bring mm. people in, because they're family-orientated sort of games, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And a bit of news about SNK, the old Neo Geo. SNK Playmore, sorry, as they're yes. now known. They've been bought out by a Chinese company. Okay. So there's new, there's sort of rumours going around the interwebs about what's going to happen. Is is the SNK name going to be associated with arcades again, or we just don't know? Yeah, we don't know what we're going to do with them yet, do we? 
No, the, the hopefully com- they won't go redemption. Please don't go redemption, Chinese company, whoever you are. Yeah, the company's called Woohoo Sunrong Sankey Interactive Entertainment Network Technology Co. Limited. We'll just call them Woohoo. <laughs> yeah. I've got yeah. a bit of news. There's a game called Gonichu, uh, and it's on Steam. It's a, a nice Popeye sort of clone. If anyone likes Popeye, the Nintendo game. And this was sent to us by Septic Melon, Ian, yeah. uh, from Great Bit Blog. Mm. I had um, septic melons once. Ooh. A course of antibiotics cleared that right up. I always say septic melon. It's actually septic lemon. But I like I to thought call it was. Se- I like to call them septic melon because I like melons better than lemons. I thought, it, I thought you'd said lemon in the past. No. <laughs> oh, oh, we have been shortlisted for the UK Podcast Award in the Games and Hobbies section, along with a knitting podcast and something called Shiny Bees. The final, yes. Yeah, the final. I like the name of Shiny Bees, one of our uh, up-againsts. Yeah. Yeah, polished insects that give us stuff to put on toast. Brilliant. Yeah, you can't keep bigging them up. You've got to big us up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's in the games and hobbies section. We're in the last three. Yes. So all the people that voted for us got us to the last three, but now they're saying vote again. Okay. And then it goes to a panel of judges to decide. It's based on votes, and then they have a look at our site. And oh, actually, Uh-oh. they're going to have a look at. <laughs> I don't look look down to podcast thirty yeah. with a naked man on it. Oh God, yeah, we have to censor that. Yeah, yeah, but there's there's some sort of um, there is going to be some sort of uh, podcasting ceremony up in Manchester. Yes, and I'm hoping there's a pie and chips at that. <laughs> oh, bit of pie and chips. <laughs> oh, I've only got tea and biscuits afterwards as well. Biscuits. <laughs> We've done a lot. We've got got how long? About twenty minutes in. We're no talk of biscuits. Well, that was going to change, wasn't it? That's not bad. Right, Arcade Heroes, the website, the lovely website. I've covered Sky Cursor. Yes, I know. They, got, they had a little mini interview with a guy, and you've contacted Chris Cruz, haven't you? I have. I talked to Chris Cruz. I sent him an email the other day because I, I looked on this on on your notes and looked at um, Adam Pratt's site, Arcade Heroes, which is excellent. And I just sent him a quick email and hopefully because of the time difference he'd get it before today and we did he, he posted back really quickly and this is the email hey victor thanks for checking in i'm always happy to provide the latest news to the 10 pence team the prototype hardware is now completely functional it uses a custom build of linux that boots directly into game builds via a usb drive it's fully jammer powered and controlled so zero modifications required to run the game on a standardized jammer cabinet Right now, we're working along with th- with 3D printing specialists to help us build the custom enclosure. We have tentatively named the hardware the Airframe. This approach allows us to move to another new game for the hardware the moment we are finished with Sky Cursor. They plan for the kit, which can be bought, to include the game board, obviously, uh, control panel overlay, side art, a nice poster, and a choice of marquee. Each boss has his own custom marquee. That's a good idea. And the USB game key, which you've always got to plug into it to get it to work. Uh, since we'd like to have as many people as possible play the game, our plan is to target arcade operators with the initial round of prototypes. However, we are willing to discuss selling to collectors who are especially interested as well. Me, 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 me. <laughs> uh, we've been working with Adam at Arcade Heroes to get his perspective on pricing. We believe he will provide the most inexpensive full conversion kit ever offered to arcades. His input has been invaluable. Such a nice guy, which we know already. Yeah. Very exciting times. And also, I read earlier on the Sky Cursor site, well done to Brad Smith, one of the other developers, and his wife, who've just had a baby girl. Ah, brilliant. Let's give him one of them for that. Congratulations. Congratulations. So that's good news from Sky Cursor, isn't it? Mm, it is good news. I that. think they've got 
I think they've got the first two levels done now. And I've seen the the footage. I think we put that in the show notes. It looks awesome. I can't wait for that one. Yeah, bullet. They don't call it bullet hell. They call it something else, don't they? Meat hell or something. Meat hell. Meat hell. <laughs> that sounds like a brilliant well, sandwich, doesn't it? Oh, sandwiches. No, no we're not on sandwiches. No. We're on biscuits, of course. Um, here's some good news. Well, kind of good news. I think Pac-Man, so. Pac-Man lives on again. I know he's only just turned 35, but they're still making Pac-Man games. And this one is a mobile game made by the same people that did the one that you liked, Crossy Road. I know. I'm so going to get it. I looked at the footage earlier, and it's really cool. It's, it's, it's like Crossy Road. It's on a sort of perspective angle, a bit like Pac-Mania. But it's, yeah. it's purposely done with quite chunky graphics like Crossy Road. If you ever played Crossy Road, you know what I mean? Yeah. Pac-Man, it's, it's a scrolling game on a quite a big area. And Pac-Man has got different weapons as well. So there's one bit where you get a laser. And it's only for a few seconds. And, you, and wherever you travel, you laser the ghosts. It mm. seems quite fun. If you ever want to get your own back on the ghosts, it does look really cool. I'm going to download that. Got to get that one. It's official, yeah, it's an official one. So they're working with Namco, I think. Oh, awesome. Bandai Namco. Bandai Namco. That is excellent news. Also, custom-built Star Force Pi cabinet returns gamers to arcade roots. Did I send you this? I think I did, because I, I saw this yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, you sent me a little link, yeah. What someone's done, they've got a Star Force, not to be confused with the arcade game Star Force, which we love. This is the old LED game from back in the 80s, a little sort of tabletop game. You had a little tiny joystick and two buttons. Yeah, and it was called uh, Star Force, and it's it sort of a little, um, a little sort of flight stick on the left hand side, and they were quite nice little collectible games. What someone's done is they've ripped it apart, put a Pi in there, uh, yeah. a Raspberry Pi with a little tiny LCD screen, and they made a main machine out of it, and it's tiny. It's about mm-hmm. about seven inches wide, about eight deep, and about four high. It's a really mm-hmm. cool little thing. We put the show notes for that as well. Absolutely brilliant little thing. I love it. Excellent. It does look good. It looks very, very tiny. And do you know, on the back of looking at that, I ordered myself off eBay uh, a cheap Chinese four-inch LCD screen. Yeah. So I'm going to do something with a pie. I don't know what yet or whenever I'm going to get the time to do it, but I have ordered a little tiny screen. But it does say it will take from 25 to 35 days to get here. Yeah. So I think they're <laughs> manufacturing them on the moon and they're just sending them on a pigeon or something. Here's some good news from one of the forums that we subscribe to, UK VAC. Yes. Muddy Music. Ollie, yeah. Yeah, Ollie has put some news on that the Star Wars Battle Pod is actually going to be available in a, in a much smaller traditional sit-down cab. And you can translate that to cheaper in brackets. Yeah. So it's not it's not the full effect of the, the curved screen all around you. It's just a sort of sit-on cab with an LCD screen in front of you. It is. Yeah. The game plays exactly the same. You just haven't got the big curved screen around you. Yeah, I'm, I think you're going to lose some of the effect of the game. Yeah, of, obviously, but it's it's still a decent game. You know, I wouldn't say it's fantastic. Yeah, but it's going to be a just, lot cheaper. I think that's the main price yeah. thing. I think, isn't it? It's an on-rail shooter, like so many new games are. But it's Star Wars themed, so that sort of elevates it above the rest. I think. Yeah, but I wouldn't say it's as good as the original wireframe Star Wars Vector 1. That's because we're old duffers and we like the old games. Yeah, I very, very. I can very, very. Right, this is not arcade news, but I'm very interested in this. I don't know if you've seen this. The Ven- oh, yes. The retro VGS console. I've seen it all right, old son. There's a Kickstarter coming up, mm-hmm. and I think they've, they've, they're doing a, an old-style retro console with cartridges. Yep. Uh, they've got the moulding 
the tooling off of the old Atari Jaguar, so they're going to look like Atari Jaguars. They do indeed. I've seen a clear one already. It looks beautiful. But I think what the clever thing is, they're putting FPGA technology inside it. Yeah, I believe so. And so whatever cartridge you put in, you can almost reprogram this thing to be any old console. I'm not sure if they're going to do uh, emulation on it, but I think it is capable mm. of emulation. But what yeah. they want is developers, and they've got quite a few on board so far, to develop new retro games. Yeah. And it's looking really good. I can't remember the name of the guy. I think it's Mike from the ColecoVisions podcast. He's the guy who's behind it. Is he? And that's right. why I, like, I know a lot about it, because I've been listening to his news. Every time um, ColecoVisions podcast comes on, he always says where they are on it. And he, he does some other... I think he does um, a... a a retro games magazine, a printed magazine as well, which is getting doing really well. They've had yeah, like you know, official retro. releases, yeah. yeah, and it's supposed to be really good. And they've they, they they told the story about they got the actual steel molding, the dies from some company that, that held them for some reason. I think they they used them for some medical equipment or something. They reused <laughs> them after Atari sold them to him, and he bought these up a little while ago. And I think they bought the molds for the cartridges as well, but they mm. didn't get. The controllers, which is a good thing, because Atari Jaguar controllers are horrible. It's like yeah. in a big bag of bagels when you use one of those. <laughs> they were huge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it does look really promising, and I might just back it. I think I might, you know. I think it will get it will get funded immediately yeah, because people are looking out for this. It looks really good so far. The point of this hardware, I think, if you wanted to make a game that looks like a Neo Geo, you could do. If you wanted to yeah. make something that looks like a 2600, you could do, because it's it's that FPGA inside it. It's programmable. Yeah, I think that's that's the sort of idea with it. But it does look awesome. I'm not sure if they're doing... I'm not sure if it's USB controllers or whether you can use different controllers in it. But they're going to try and make it as, as retro-friendly as they possibly can. Yeah, and it does look really promising. There's US, USB ports for controllers. Also, there's two nine pins for your, like, your Mega Drive and your old Atari sticks and stuff. Oh, yeah. That's brilliant. It's good, that, isn't it? It yeah. does sound really good. And they're obviously going to have arcade ports on there and arcade-themed games, mm. which is for us. Yeah. Right. I've been looking at some guy, Mr. Lezolet, on Twitter. He's been posting old screenshots of games that he's playing them so so how come you're playing this game from 1976 it's a ttl game you can't play that yeah and then he said yeah you play it on the dice emulator which i remembered i did have a go at a few years ago when it only played pong and that yeah but it's been developed quite a bit so you can play like atari games like jet fighter stunt cycle i noticed that i got excited because i've actually got a jet fighter and it's non-working at the moment and i'm sure I'll be able to get it working with the help of uh, our mate Smarty, Martin. Because mm. he's got one as well. And he's very good with old games. Um, and hopefully he's going to come visit me next month and get some time mm. on Sunday to come down and have a game of uh, Death Race with me and have a look at that and uh, play some of the games. And, yeah, but if that doesn't ever work, I can always maim it or dice it. Yeah, I'm I really want to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm glad that these old games eventually, I think TTL almost lasts forever, doesn't it? But yeah, because I think a lot of the parts are off the shelf and you can just buy the extra chips, the LS74 chips. Because mm. there's no there's no program to lose. You can't lose mm. the program. It's all done in TTL. So you just buy the extra chip when you find out it's duff, put it in and it works again. They're very reliable. I mean, mm. my, my death race works fine. I think there's 
there's a few sounds on it aren't quite right, but I think that's to do with the, the volume pots a bit worn and they need replacing. Mm. But the actual game works fine. Well, at least we know it's 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 still there in software if anything else yeah, happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm I was on my Mac earlier and then got a Mac uh, vi- uh, dice emulator, but I'm going to grab it on my PC and play it because it, it looks really good. I think there's quite a few old mm. games on there that aren't obviously on MAME, so I'm looking forward to playing those. Mm. Excellent. Right, some more event news now. Play Margate is coming up as we record this. It's coming up next Sunday, Saturday. Friday, Saturday and Sunday it's on. Yeah, ah, it is Friday as well, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. 21st to 23rd of August. Yes. I'm going to be there on the Saturday. It's the only day I can get there. Can you get there that day or I'm not, not going to be there on the Saturday because I cannot make it. We've, we've got something on that's been planned for months and I didn't realise the dates were the same, so I'm a bit miffed. But <laughs> what I might try and do if I can, is get there on the Sunday. Because I think mm. Alex and Roger Cantor and some of our other chums are going on the Sunday. Right. And I'm going to be in Croydon on the Saturday night and until Sunday morning. So I think it's closer for me to go from there. So I may just right. do that. I'm not sure yet. But I'll hope to get there, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Mm. Yeah, it just looks pretty good otherwise, though, doesn't it? It's a good yeah. venue it's in as well. I've been to the venue before and it's really smart. All right, so if any of the viewers are there on Saturday or Sunday, come and say hello. Yeah, the ones that watch the podcast rather than listen to it. Mm. Mm. We could do a YouTube, you know. No, 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 we're far too ugly for that. It'd be a bit boring. What is this picture on my notes in front of me here? <laughs> Holly? I know, we, we've, we're trying to squash all the biscuit news, but this, I've got to put this on. <sighs> I got sent this this morning from Mr. Tony Doyle, right? Custard cream and bourbon biscuits, but in... I, in ice cream sandwich form so they're like almost like <sighs> ice cream biscuits i've just had to mention it do you know what i did the other day you had some biscuits i got a, a dark chocolate hobnob and actually spread custard on it <laughs> oh, really? it was amazing that does sound good and on that was it, note was it devon custard no it was that yellow stuff i like on that note yes pickups We've got some massive news on pickups, haven't we? I've actually got some proper original. You've got more than me. Not stolen from other people. Pickups, <laughs> yes. All made up. I've finally got a cab. It's sitting next to me and it's a lovely Lord's Vale. You are the Lord of all Vales. Yeah, I got it from Arcade Club. Yes. Mr. Andy U72 and Mr. Mark Singleton have made sure it's in brilliant condition. The controls are excellent. The screen is popping. It's brilliant. Cool. Right then, I'm probably, I know you sound excited, but I'm probably more excited about you getting a cab than you are. I've been been waiting for this for ages. I'm so happy you've got one. I know what it's like getting your first cabinet. It's an amazing feeling. Tell us a little bit about it. What kind of joysticks it got on it? It's got a HAP joystick. Okay. Two hap joysticks. Sorry. That's a big black chip shop joysticks with the big nobbles on top. It's the the bat one, you know, the the bat thing. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, and that's pretty good for the game you've been playing on it. Yes, yeah, it's very very sturdy. Because you have and been lent a Neo Geo four slot and a hundred and sixty one in cart. Yeah, six slot actually. Oh, a six slot is it? Yeah, but you're only using one of the slots. Yes, okay. But the other the other five are lovely anyway. They're just empty voids. <laughs> lovely. Lo- <laughs> Yeah, so I've been playing, going through all the games on it, because you know I love my shooters. There's not that many shooters on the MVS because it's a horizontal thing, but there are some decent ones. 
There is, yeah. But do you know what I've been playing the most? What? A game called Neo Drift Out. Oh, that's a car game, isn't it? Yeah. It's like been... Mills Miglia. Very similar yeah. to that. And uh, Overtop, that another one that's similar to yeah. that? Yeah, they're all that, all that kind of genre, and I've very nearly finished it. Isometric sort of racing, isn't it? Top down. Yeah. yeah, that is a really cool little game, actually. I do like that one. And Strikers 1945, which is a great shooter. That is a great game as well. So what kind of buttons it got? Has it got leafs or switches or what? It's got very soft micro switches. Okay. Yeah, they're not leafs. But and and very... you're doing well with those? Yeah. yeah cool. They're, yeah, they're good. Because you know, the half, the, half the joy about having a cab is doing things to it. I know. You know changing the buttons around, maybe changing the joystick, getting another panel for it. Uh, different games, obviously. Turning the screen to get it from vertical to horizontal and all that sort of stuff. Well, that's what I want to do. I want to learn about them. That's sort of at yeah. least half the reason I've got one. So I can actually tinker inside, you know, a screwdriver and... Careful and with lick, that screwdriver. And lick that suction cup that goes on the monitor. You, you know, that, to do kind that. Of, that kind of thing. Caution. Listen, kids, don't do this at home. <laughs> no, definitely. You've got to be a little bit careful near the monitor, but the rest of it you'll be fine with. Uh, just be careful not to plug in things upside down, which is easily done. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a, we think it's a jammer harness not an mvs because they're very slightly different yeah but um we've been looking at that haven't we and trying to sort out what it is but you've got some other games to play on there as well or have you just got the mvs uh, no you have sent me very, oh, very yes. kindly <laughs> very kindly an nmk shoot 'em up board called thunder dragon i very kindly let you a game i'd never played <laughs> it yeah, does look it looked- decent though doesn't it it's quite a little, mm-hmm. smart little game yeah it looks brilliant i've it just thought look- of something i've got another one i can send you i don't play either I'll try and find out what it is, and I'll send it to you. I've just remembered it's a vertical shooter, because I haven't got many vertical shooters, even though mm-hmm. I do like them. Uh, I think the ones I like are a bit too expensive, but that one is quite a cheap one to get. I'll send you that as well. I don't play it. I'll get on my have a look later on, see what it is. But yeah, you can probably have that one for a while as well. And a 16 one. I need to get you a 16 one so you can play the classics. Oh, Because if, if you have all them, them games, there's quite a few games straight away on your machine you can play, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So it's what's, what's yeah. going to be the uh, future plan for your machine? Are you just going to play Jammer games? Are you going to put MAME in it or what? I want to keep it hardware for as long as I can. Oh, and you not, are not, hardcore. Not, um, you know, not MAME. I, just, I can't bring myself to do it now I've got one. Yeah, I agree. If you mm. had more than one, that's fair enough. Because I've, yeah. I've got three candy cabs. I've got a horizontal one and a vertical one, the same cab, which I put PCBs in only. And I've got one in the middle. Uh, my Naomi, which I have got maiming, but I can also swap just a few leads around and a few wires, and it's back to Naomi again, so I can play net boot games on it. Mm. So I've got the best of all worlds there, but if you've only got one cabinet, I think you're right to keep it jammer. Because if you cool. play the games more, you won't, be, you won't be cycling through them quickly. If you've got to turn your screen around to put, like, I don't know, a vertical game in, you aren't going to be putting it around for two minutes and then putting it back horizontal again. You're going to put it around and leave it in there for a month, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. But you've also got a little tiny Clarky Cade uh, cabinet, haven't you? I certainly have. And what are you going to be doing with that? Well, I thought I could maim that one. That's a good idea. It's got a game elf in it at the minute, a little guy that, you know, says, Play this! Oh! <laughs> a little pixie-type person. That was my Irish accent. Can you can you do one? Go on, you're good at accents. We did have a game in 1942 with me. Mm. So... What are you going to do it with? Because it's quite a small little cabinet. You won't get a PC in there, surely, because it's a tiny little bar top, isn't it? Yeah, I've bought a little Raspberry Pi 2. Pickup number two! Yes, another pickup. And I've just been messing around with it. I'll put the RetroPie distribution on it. Yes. I've been testing it on the TV. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, it, it runs an older version of MAME 
the Raspberry Pi does due to the power limitations. It runs it better, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've put a few, I found a few old ROMs and put them on, and they all seem to work perfectly well. You know what the um, the de facto test of a of a, a main machine is, don't you? Go on. Street Fighter th- Third Strike. If it runs that, it'll run nearly everything. Ah, right. I don't of know. Of the modern-ish I'm... games. But you don't want to go any further than that in date-wise anyway, do you? I don't know if that's available on this old version of MAME. Maybe. I'll have a look. Because it was a CHD file you've got to use on there, because it used um, used a cartridge and a CD. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Or any of the sort of modern Namco games run pretty well. But I mm. think that the Raspberry Pi 2 is a, a massive step up from the Raspberry Pi 1, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's got four times the power of it. Four times the power! And it will easily run PS1 games, and somebody said it may even run Dreamcast games. That is awesome. Mm. If you can get all that sort of stuffed into your cabin, that'd be great, wouldn't it, to play those games as well? Because there's some great arcade games on the PS1 and the Dreamcast, especially the Dreamcast. Some really good games on there. Champion! Oh, yes. I've been testing it on the TV just with an Xbox 360 wired controller, and it all works fine. So my next thing is to get it into the Clark Kane minicab. Yeah. And then I've got to wire it up. I'm thinking, because it's got an HDMI out on the Raspberry Pi. Yes. And it's a VGA monitor, so there's, I know there's a lead that does that. Yeah, I think my little, you might have to buy a little box of tricks to do that, perhaps. Oh, well, well, I think it's just a wire, isn't it? It is just a wire, but where okay. would you get the sound from after that? Because the sound is in the HDMI signal, isn't it? You know and, who's good at this sort of thing, don't you? Sergeant Sarge. Ah. Because when you sent me a message about you getting a Raspberry Pi 2, I've already got two... Raspberry Pi 1s that we don't use anymore. We used to yeah. use them as TV uh, thingies. I've got one. I think that's yeah. what they're called. That's the official name, TV thingies. Media Center. Media Center, that's the fella. Yeah. Where they, you stream stuff from your PCs to your TVs. And they were quite mm. good at that. They were a little bit slow sometimes. But they're quite underpowered, the old Pi 1s, because they weren't meant for doing what we're doing with them. But they do run old stuff quite nicely. And what I might do, alongside you doing your bits, I might make a little board up with the Raspberry Pi, because it's only a tiny little thing, and maybe a video converter, which I've got, and make a little jammer harness for it. So actually, it plugs into a jammer machine and runs off the power from the, the arcade cabinet, because it's only five volts it needs, and have it working through that. And Sarge, I asked him, is it possible to make up a menu, because I think he knows Python and all the sort of stuff that they use with, with Raspberry Pis, the languages yeah. and stuff, yeah. if it would be possible to do a very simple front-end just to play the, the Pi Mame or, or Pi Play, whatever it's called, and just play with a little menu system, the Scramble games. You know, the Scramble hardware I keep banging on about, I really like those old games. Yep. And he said it should be easy enough to do. And also Sarge said that you won't have to use an iPack, which is the, the interface from a keyboard controller into arcade controllers. You can actually ah. use the little pins, the output pins on the Pi, with a little program he wrote, to connect to your up, down, left, right, and fire buttons. That's what I was. That's what my next next uh, question was going to be. Yeah. yeah, I think Sarge is quite clever on this sort of thing. So we'll we'll, we'll talk to him and see what he can do with that. But you can, you can make this wire up. I think it's just as little, it's little tiny pin wires with a plug that goes to arcade controls. Ah, oh, that is good. Yes, it is. Ah. And I'm I'm fancying doing this. So I might even make something small up for it, like almost like the uh, the Star Force Pi machine we talked about earlier. Yeah. So I don't know. It sounds interesting, though, doesn't it? I do like tinkering mm. these little things. They're quite smart to play with. So I've actually got a couple of projects on the go. That's amazing for me, isn't it? And talking of Sarge. Yes. 
I've got something special for him, but it's all it's really from you. Do you want to borrow this a minute? Yep. Here go we on, go. It. It's one of these. A resonant ping. That's a double ping. Was it? It was a normal ping and one yeah. of these. Oh, I've broken it. Oh, no. <laughs> broke Sarge's ping. I broke Sarge's right. ping. I might as well just send it to him, actually. He can give yeah. himself a ping when he needs one. Right, Friday, come home from work. There's a big box waiting for me a on the doorstep. A huge box. Not on, <laughs> not on the doorstep inside the house. Yes. And it's a 90, an official, not a bootleg, 1942 PCB. And you don't even like that game, do you? A, a little bit. And inside yes. was this message. Can you see it, listeners? Oh, yeah. If you can figure out who sent you this board, then you can keep it. And, and on you... the back it says, signed the Hillman. The Hillman? <laughs> yeah. I think <laughs> yeah, look, look at that. It should have been the Hitman, I think. Okay. <laughs> so I started, I started posting everywhere. Who sent me this board? Thank you so much. Who is it? Who is it? And so over the course of a day, I found out it was Sarge. Yes. And he said, sorry, I think it should have been Hitman. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's but, pretty good. I knew so, all about this, obviously. Yeah. And oh, Thank you so much, mate. That, it, it's absolutely awesome for you to send that. And I think you should, immediately after this podcast, whip that screen round, get it in there, and have a look, and have a go, and beat that record. And get, I'm gonna, I've got to finish it now. Well, the, the nicest thing about this little story is um, I went round to Seaside whew, a few weeks ago on the Saturday. I had to take him some bits round and he was giving me some bits back. So thank you for that, Sarge. He fixed... Oh, God, he's always fixing stuff for me. I think he's fixed a Turpin PCB of mine as well because it had something wrong with the sound and he sorted that out already. But he just said to me out of the blue, I didn't mention it, didn't... T- he said, oh, I'm going to send Sean a 1942 PCB. I goes, what, really? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I'll gift it to him. I said, oh, cool, he'd love that. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want him to complete the game. So <laughs> yeah. what a nice thought that is. Lovely community feeling this is. Yeah, thank you very much. That is amazing. But you owe him now. You owe him that that world record. I know. I don't know about world record. I will finish it, but world record is... You've got to finish it now, old son. I'm going to. I'm definitely going to. I think when you finish the game, you're quite close to the record anyway, because you're like up in 11 millions by then, aren't you? Yeah. And you can quite regularly get 1.5, and then obviously at the end when you do the game, you get the 10 million. Yeah. So once you get into doing that, then you can mess about with... Almost killing the big plane at the end, dying, almost killing him, dying until one life left, and mm. then killing him off to get maximum points. That yeah. sounds so hard to do. <laughs> Me just saying that is ridiculous. It sounds so difficult. I know. But I've seen I you know. play. You can play almost with your eyes closed. Uh, perhaps I should try that. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Right, I've got one more pickup. This is the Another fifth Another one? Pickup. What do you like? I've got... A little Batsugan T-shirt that I designed myself. So I've got that through the post. Not through the post. Um, Tony Doyle's T-shirt company. Tony, oh, you- Tony Doyle's arcade T-shirt company, which we seem to mention every time. I do, yeah. But you did thrust your chest at me earlier to show me your Batsugan yeah. T-shirt. Look at there it. There we go, viewers. That's I'm gonna quite have to cool, put- isn't it? I like that font. Yeah, I, I did that. I, I vectored that myself and then put scan lines through it. Can you see the scan lines? Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, really yeah. nice. How cool is yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, so awesome. And that is it. For so you. I've got tons to do. It's a very exciting time for me, this. I, I, I remember I remember when I was a boy, when I got my first cabinet. It was lovely. It was lovely. Very wooden it was. Very wooden. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I got my first cabinet. It's a great feeling. I just didn't know what to tinker with first, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm a, I'm, this cabinet was this little little silly, it was almost like cabaret-sized wooden-sided thing. Very, very generic. 
I made new control panels for it. I made a new wooden bezel inside for it. I made a shelf inside for the PCBs. I sorted all the locks out. I tied up this and that. It was great. It was a really versatile machine. And you could actually split the screen around that in that as well. So it was really cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember. Right, for my pickups, they're not really arcade related. They're sort of video game related, but not arcade related. But the first one was, you know, I got, I got a Spectrum interface, an SD card interface. Yes. Yeah. So I can play lots of ROMs on my Spectrum. So I don't have to muck about with tape loading and all that sort of business. Uh, and it's from a guy called Phil Ruston of Retroleum Products. And he makes some other bits and bobs of the Spectrum. But this thing is really cool. It was very cheap compared to the Div IDE, which is the other Spectrum one, which does a lot more, but it's, it's a lot more expensive. Um, and you can load .tap files in, in seconds rather than waiting minutes for them. And oh. it also loads snapshot files as well. But it didn't work properly on my rubber Spectrum, my rubber keyed Spectrum, because there was something, even the, the machine works okay and loads from well, an iPod in my case okay, when you put stuff in the interface port, he did say to me, because I had a problem with it, and I, he's been really, really helpful, this guy. He was an absolute saint helping me out. He asked, he answered all my silly questions, and he was very patient with me. And he even took the thing back, because I thought it was faulty, and he tested it on five spectrums and said, no, no, it's absolutely fine. Um, do you want me to send you the same one back or another one? I said, well, you can send me another one just in case, and he did. And I got the same error, so it was definitely in my spectrum. And he said that you know, sometimes the interface port does bring up some gremlins you don't normally see because it's using you know separate voltages and stuff and it does different things and so what i did is i went on ebay and bought another spectrum as you do yeah and i actually won i didn't think i was going to win it. i won it out of the blue um a black keyed one the the spectrum plus which is the one i had as a kid back in the day and it works absolutely fine on that and i've been playing loads of different games and downloading stuff i remember from years ago and it's been absolutely lovely. I mean, I've been playing arcade games on it, obviously, as well. There's a really mm. good version of Slap Fight on it, and I think Green Beret was good on there as well. I've been playing mm. that. So that's pretty good. That's what I got from there. And I've also, this morning, went to a car boot sale, saw Alex there, because he lives at car boot sales. Yeah. He usually gets there early and hoovers everything up. I looked in his, in his CD bag he had with him, and he had, like, a big bag full of stuff he'd bought that morning. He'd bought um, two Game & Watches for 50p each, Oh, wow. And you know how much they're worth. They're quite a lot yeah. of money. He bought some loading Nintendo. Uh, I think he bought some GameCube ones and some SNES things and all sorts. He had a bag full of stuff. I was like, how do you do it? He just goes <laughs> around and hoovers them all up. He's a video game magnet. And I had a chat to him for a little while. Um, but he didn't see the BBC Master Combat that I picked up, which was a computer we used to use. We used the big BBC Bs at school when I was a kid. Yeah. And I never really saw a compact master. This is a later version. It's quite a small version of it. It's like thinner. Right. But I took it home. And I, I didn't really, I couldn't really remember how to use it, to be honest. But I put, it's, it didn't come with anything. It was just a dirty keyboard on the floor. And I thought, I picked up and the guy said, Oh, you can have that for a pound. I went, Yes. I couldn't get that pound out of my pocket quick enough to give it to him. <laughs> I just said, Oh, it'll be a challenge getting this to work. So I got it home, found a power supply that works, only a five volt thing, and it had already AV out on it, which is goes into my, my monitor I use for all sorts of stuff. And it came up with a display straight away. Brilliant. But some of the keys wouldn't work. Yeah. And I was, oh God, you know, sort of broken, not, not going to work, bit miffed. But I had a quick look on, online and realized it was doing something it shouldn't do. So I put a command in or I did some button presses with it and it works absolutely fine. The keyboard oh, wasn't quite working. Some of the keys were stuck, so I took it all apart, gave it a clean. It was absolutely filthy. It looked like someone had dropped a fizzy drink in it, and then lots of fluff had stuck to the fizzy drink. Oh, it was yeah. pretty minging. But I cleaned it all out, and it absolutely works fine now, but I can't play anything on it 
because you need a disk drive. Right. But Sarge, obviously, has got three of these already at home in his loft, and he's going to come <laughs> round one day and, and help me out with it, because he knows all about them as well. It was one of his favourite machines as a kid. But for a pound, for a pound, not bad. You've got so many projects on the go, haven't you? Oh, it's ridiculous. The garden's probably the biggest one, which is killing me. Yeah. But yeah, I have got a lot. Also, there was, at the car boot sale, there was an Intellivision with a load of games for £40, which is a bargain, but I've already got one, and the games on it weren't so special, so I didn't bother. All right. But that's the pickups from me. Uh, any more for you? Uh, no, I think that will definitely do it. That will do it. And let's get on to some feedback. Right. This is feedback from Neil1637. We for, Well, actually, I forgot to copy and paste this in the notes from last time, so sorry, Neil. Yes, you. I blamed you anyway, whether it was me or not. I know. So this is from the Kicker episode that we should have read out on the Bump and Jump episode. Oh, right? Okay, yeah. So it's put, hi guys, thanks for entertaining me again. Despite not playing Kicker, I still found lots of stuff to give you feedback on. See, I did that little field thing of Land Dudno with Waft, didn't I? Land Dudno. Yeah. I remember going there as a little kiddie's put with parents. Good to hear it's still got some arcades, and good to hear from Mrs. Holly also. She sounded foxy. She'll love that when I tell her that, saying hello. Hello. Mm. Foxy, does she go through the bins? <laughs> well, That's I what foxes do around my, my area. We don't have foxes. Oh, we, just have, we just have burglars. <laughs> <laughs> Also, you seem to go to Arcade Club far too often. Yeah, I do mention it a lot. Sorry, sorry. Uh, he's well jealous. We'll have to organise another trip down to see what new cabs they have in. He's put another trip. I haven't seen him there. I, I'm jealous of you going to Arcade Club every weekend as well, because if I lived up north, I would as well, even though I've got an arcade in my own garage. Extremely lucky I am. Um, also, I was on about when I finished Sega Rally. And he's put Sega Rally, a top game indeed, not just in my memory. I think it easily holds its own today. It's a good it does. Racer, definitely. Yeah. And it's on about, there was a fourth bonus track after you finish it. And oh, I yeah. did finish it. And I think the bonus track, this is just from memory, so I was a bit excited about finishing it. I think it's just the last track again, but the longer version that you can do on the practice mode. Oh, okay. So you can do a practice mode, can't you? You can do one of the three tracks. I'm not that familiar with the game, because I'm not very good. I played on the Dreamcast. I think the last one's called, what's it called? Mountain, I think, the last one. Okay. Desert, Forest and Mountain, something like that. Hmm. And and after after you finish the actual, the three in a row, you go on to the practice version of the mountain track, which is about twice as long, I think. That's just from my memory. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, you have to do it. He's put a great game. Have you guys ever featured it? No, we haven't. Good to hear you mention Banco Panico. It was my suggestion for Forgotten Gems. It is a good game. Mm-hmm. And also Geometry Wars that we mentioned. Oh, it's an amazing shooter. Love it. I have hovered over buying this on PSN for a while, but also rarely get time to fire up my PS4. Yeah. Don't hover, Neil. Bye. Mm. Vic, whilst I applaud your idea of rejuvenating an old cab into a truly dedicated 10 pence podcast cab, you may want to think about the rethink the shocking pink T mold. No, no, it's not just shocking pink. It actually lights up. It's got LEDs in it. How alarming, cool is that going to be? Alarming pink. Alarming pink. You could have it bubblegum flavour, couldn't you? Well, it'd be black with the. I think black and pink neons look cool. I'm not a big fan of pink colour myself, mm. um, but pink neons go really well with arcades. So, mm. yeah, we'd see a sort of neon-y type thing more than just pink, I think. Yeah. There's some more biscuit talk. Oh, for God's we'll, sake. 
Yeah, we'll we'll um just, we'll skip over the biscuits. Yes, yeah, skip over the biscuits. Tiptoe through the biscuits. Oh, go on. <laughs> that reminds me of that film Insidious. Have you seen that film? No. That that the song is played in that film, and it's I know it's a jaunty little twenties thirties song, but it's mm-hmm. it's in there, and it's got a very creepy kind of undertone right. to it. Oh, Great talk, film, Insidious. Talking of films, after we've done the feedback, remind mm. me to tell you about Pixels. Right. Anyway, back onto Neil's feedback, please. Yeah, his current game he's playing, Bomb Jack. Oh, I'm a, good game. That's his current favourite. He says that he knows that we've already covered it. I must trawl through the archives and find it. Keep up the great work. I like the look of this week's bump and jump. And hope to get some time to play it. I don't think he did, did he? Um, Neil, when you listen to our Bomb Jack episode, I think, was it me and you or me and Alex who did it? Me and Alex, wasn't it? It's an old yes. one. Yes, yeah. Uh, also go on to, I don't know what number it is, go on to monsterfeet.com and find when No Quarter did it because they did a good um, review of it as well. Yes. I've had some nice keep up the good work comments from a lot of people, Ian Ski and SOS Effects as well. So thank you for them, guys. Thank you. And from a guy called Tin. Do you know this guy, Tin? Yeah, he's a friend of Brass. <laughs> ah. I, I so agree about Bump and Jump and Spy Hunter. Well done, that man. But the burning rubber on the GX4000, that little Amstrad console, yep. is not related to this rubbish. Yes, I was reading a retro gamer on Readly, which is a... A mobile phone app for reading uh, magazines. I was reading, a, I think it's an older retro gamer, and they did um, a big review on the GX4000. So it only had like about 22 games released on it. So it's it's ripe for collecting. Yeah. You know, but I think the two of them are really hard to find. But the GX4000 game, Burning Rubber, looks like a sort of Outrun clone. It looks, it's actually quite a decent game, apparently. And that was ah. the one that was packed in with it. Right. I didn't know that. That's running at the Cambridge uh, Computer Museum on that big round TV. Remember we were there? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. You're playing it on that. It's mm. quite a decent little game, yeah. So, Christopher Cruz, this is some more feedback rather than the email he sent me earlier. Uh, one last thing, a question I'd like to hear from Victor about. What's the most expensive slash rare thing you've broken while messing around with your arcade collection? I'll never forget mine. I was moving a Neneo MS8 27-inch, which is a really nice monitor, from an Astro City to a Namco Cyberlead. Great looking cabinets, by the way. And they are. So I really like Cyberleads. And I must have correctly, incorrectly wired it or something. When I went to make an adjustment on the control board, I dropped it and it swung through the cabinet and touched something it wasn't supposed to. It was obviously shorted out. Uh, the chassis never worked again, despite me sending it all the way to Australia for repairs. Wow. It was a beautiful monitor. It took me nearly eight years to find a good replacement chassis. And I can't... I can't believe that Chris had to send his chassis to someone in Australia to fix it. There's plenty of people in America who would fix an MS8 sh- chassis, surely. Right. Maybe because it's a Japanese um, monitor, it was hard to get someone to do it, maybe. But we, we got, um, yeah, we got two good guys in the UK who repair arcade monitors. So we're quite lucky, really. Just have to discharge the chassis, take it all out, and send it to them. And they usually do a really good job. Uh, he also says, another fantastic episode, guys. Having a nine-month-old son... Uh, Sean's is he supposed to be purple bit where you said about your boy and it was his yeah. birthday uh, came close to home I got a good laugh out of that one also whenever Victor uses his good game good game <laughs> voice I absolutely lose it I don't know why I find that so funny I sent Chris a message back on Facebook because we got this from Facebook um, feedback uh, trying to explain to him who Bruce Forsyth was 
<laughs> and he's sort of um if if you're unfamiliar with Bruce Forsyth if you're not in the UK he's a sort of he's a bit of a national treasure really isn't he he's an old guy now he must be mm-hmm. in his 80s but he's been an entertainer for about 60 years on the TV and, and radio yeah, he's right. a dancer he's a game show host he he does all sorts of stuff he's 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 actually really good in his way, and he sort of speaks like "Hello, my love," and he sort of speaks like that. And that's why when it, and he used to do this thing called um, "It's the card game, wasn't it?" Play your cards right. It was a game show back in the seventies, early eighties, and he used to be "Play your cards right." Good game, good game. And he used to, and he was brilliant. And he had all these catchphrases, and that's sort of one I nicked from him. Uh, so I had to do that. But also, when he said about the purple-headed little fellas. You know, his sons and stuff. My son, who's now a gangly youth as well, he's 21 now. I remember he looked a bit like a baked potato uh, when he came into the world. A King hey. Edward, in fact. Yes, a King Edward. Could you detach his arms and stick different funny noses on him? Oh, that would have been a lot of fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. I think I think I would have got into trouble if I'd done that. Right, we have some feedback from Mr. Lewis Batcave. He's put, great podcasters ever, chaps. Got so into it, I left my bike on the replacement coach service from Blackburn. Don't! Oops. So I think he's gone from a train to a coach or something and then left his bike on the He coach. did get it back, though, luckily. Yeah, he sent us a photo of it returned. We don't he? want to be blamed for losing his bicycle, do we? No. <laughs> you daft, <laughs> daft ferret. And also I was commenting about peanuts, weren't I, or something? I don't and know why, bu- but you were. Yes, honey roast peanuts are greater than dry roasted peanuts. That's a scientific fact, he said. Need to find a big bag for one pound. And I put... I see your honey roasted peanuts, sir, and I raise you knobby sweet chili coated nuts. And I raise you, sir, KP salt and vinegar. Salt and vinegar nuts? Yeah. Really? Oh, they're awesome. They sound good. But you do need a pint of fluid afterwards because they will suck out every piece of moisture in your body. <laughs> and you will end up a dry uh, husk. <laughs> so you know everyone that's Adam because they look like husky. A, like a prune. <laughs> yes. Uh, Gareth Woodham. Greetings from another former Weymouth resident. Uh, misspent much time and money as a youth in the arcades during the mid-80s. Alexandria Gardens was and still is the best. That's on... Oh, that's towards right up the end of Weymouth Beach. And although Noah's Ark amusement fascinated me as a young child. Enjoys the podcast, keep up the good work. Noah's Ark amusements was a boat-shaped building on a river. In Weymouth, ah. and it was called Noah's Ark, and it's actually a Gurkha restaurant now, has been for years. But yeah, that place was weird. They had all the games you wouldn't expect in there, sort of some odd ones. They had a couple of pool tables in it. It was quite good, but it was quite run down. Oh. I did I did forget about that until you mentioned it, because I've been to the restaurant there quite a few times. Hey, that's good. Right, Leslie 70 He's sticking up for his fellow Welshman here. Okay. He's saying Mad Stee gets two world records, madstee.com, and and Sarge gets his own bell. What's all that about? Well, Sarge has fixed lots of things for me, and he does like a ping, old Sarge. Mm. I might just send him the ping, pinger. It's no, actually, we need the pinger. It, it came off my bicycle I bought a little while ago. It's uh, a good ping, now. I don't want a girly deal. ping on my bike. I want a hooter on there. Mm. But I think from now on, if someone gets a world record, right, we're going to give him, let me get into position, we're going to give him one of these. That's two pings together. It's a double ping. It's it's an amalgamated ping. So we've got the normal ping. We've got Sarge's resonant ping. 
And and if it's something that's a bit of a bummer, it's a. And we've got a double ping and and a hooter and a hooter. You haven't got your sound effects board wired up tonight, have you? I know it's so cheesy and bad. I don't want to use that again. I like the slap one. Um, yeah, yeah. Leslie seventy also keeps posting images of Hunky Allen. I call it. It's called Hyankyu Alien on Twitter. Yes, an old Japanese game. He's trying to get us to cover it. I think we may do. We may do. It's it's mm. quite a simple game. So I don't much. I don't much sort of how much we're going to get out of it, but maybe we'll put mm. it on the list. Yeah, it's kind of a precursor to Space Panic, is it? You build, but it's in a maze. You build holes. Yeah, the guys fall into the holes within a maze environment, and you dig, you cover them up again. There's kind a game of. similar on the PC engine. It's obviously a lot better graphics and a later version. Like a very similar game, and it's a lot of fun. I've talked about it before. <laughs> I can't recall the name right now, but it's a really cool game. And there's an arcade version of that as well. He also says. Let's say seventy. When I when I said Haley's Comet, we're playing mm-hmm. Haley's Comet. He says, "I can't calm down. I can't calm down. There's bloody bullets everywhere in comets. It shoot 'em up time." He, he shoots. He shoots. Them up. And then later on, he's put, "I broke my arcade stick tonight playing Haley's Comet." <gasps> R.I.P. Suzo Rotterdam. What's that mean? That's Suzo's That's a stick. It's a, it's a certain version of joystick. Yeah, Suzo's a stick. What's Rotterdam? Is that where he got it from? Us? Yes, I think Suzo are based in Rotterdam. Ah, right. He broke a joystick. Yeah. <laughs> what a violent man. And then he's got some feedback for us, and he's given me a link, and you click on the link, and it's just this guy doing guitar feedback. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> Which is fair enough. And um, I've got to have a word with him, Dean. Right. Because wherever you go, on the forums, wherever and anywhere, he's got his profile picture, and it's a very hot young Marilyn Monroe is his profile picture, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of getting confused feelings about it, you know, because it's, it's lovely. I do like a bit of Marilyn myself. I, I recently saw some Marilyn Monroe films at the BFI. There was a um, feature on, and I saw some there. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. I'm a big fan. Huge yeah. fan of Marilyn Monroe. Godzilla, have you seen that one? She was great in that. She wasn't in that. All right. Hush. Yeah, so can you change your picture, Dean? Because it's just confusing me, man. I'm worried about my feelings towards you. <laughs> Dave Lightbulb, another listener of ours, lives near me. He sent me a text the other day with a picture of Pac-Mania saying, is this your cab? And I sort of went, what? And I replied, not unless it's in Weymouth. And he went, well, it was. He was visiting Weymouth. And he went into the Pier Bandstand Arcade. And there it was, still working. Wow. Seven years later. I sold it to him seven years ago, and it's still going. So I sold him, ram it in the back of your car and bring it back to me, will you? Please, thank you. I want it back. <laughs> It's a great little game. I wish I hadn't sold it by Atu at the time. It's another one for us to cover, Pac-Mania. Yes, that's definitely gone on the list. It's a mm. really good game, really good game. Madsd.com, cheers for the ping, guys. You deserve it, you world champion monkey, You're you. double world champion. Yeah. On Mad Gear as well, isn't it? Led Storm. God, yeah, yeah, he did. It's on about bump and jump. He says the NES, the NES version is different, but it's still crap. I mean, I can imagine that. And they said, hey, both my world records have red cars in them. Maybe it's a pattern. He needs to play Outrun next. Yeah, someone else has said that, yeah. And then he's posted a picture of a, a red child's car ride that he must have <laughs> stolen or something. We need to have sitting on it with a joystick mm. in his hand. Mr. Steve Monkey Chunk, another great episode. I love the parts when you tell us about the cheat cheats and glitches to get high scores on last week's game. He's doing that to wind me up. All right. Because that 50,000 bonus... It's not a cheat. It's a feature. Yeah, they used to use that in old Atari 2600 in television games. Something didn't work. 
It's a feature. <laughs> and he's done some. He's do, he does some let's play videos, and he's done a couple on Halley's Comet. Have you seen this? It's brilliant. I, I love his little videos. They're really cool. Everyone, watch that video from start to finish. Don't just skip to six minutes in. Watch it. It's ace. I love it. Yeah, there's a little a little ten. <laughs> Don't tell him. Okay, something happens. Let him have minutes. a look. It's great. I really yeah. liked it. And here's what from one from Great Bit Blog. Uh, septic, septic melon. Septic melons. Septic lemons. cucumber. Ian, anyway. <laughs> I just tried bump and jump on main. I'll say I prefer the 2600 version over the arcade version and point us that Popeye thing. He, he was the one who sent us the gunichu. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I think Alex is going to get because he loves a bit of Popeye. Do you know, it took me a while reading that. Oh, uh, to work out what it meant. Yeah, reading the title, gone gonna eat gonna, you, gonna eat you, and gonna then eat gone, you. gone eat you. And I kept saying it, yeah, gonna eat you. Yeah. And we've had loads of nice people on Facebook loving your cabinet. Yes, thanks for that. Yeah, saying well done. Most people are saying about time, you idiot. <laughs> Aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, all all thing, all good things come to those who wait, and you've waited long enough, old son. Yes, yeah. Um, a guy called Retro Schmupper. Uh-huh. on twitter a great episode again guys was listening while making room for my second cab and naomi oh, i've missed a few of these recently but i've one coming in from edinburgh and he's put pics up any tips from the community would be welcome i ask for pictures of whenever someone says they're going to get something they're going to get it pictures or it didn't happen i love seeing other people's cabinets i think it's great when they they get excited and they comment on them and you see what's what sort of state it's in and what it's got extra and all that sort of thing and what's in it but yeah, he's he's getting a Naomi. Um, I'm not sure if he's using it for Naomi games, per se, or whether he's going to maim it or whatever. But those machines are really versatile. They're very easy to make panels for if you if you've got access to like a bandsaw and some hole cutting equipment. They're very easy to make the panels. They're just great machines. They're really cool. You can you can actually change the screen around. It takes two people because it's a big heavy screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if he's. I think he's got a stand up one. The, the slightly taller version, where mine has been chopped down, so it's a sit down version. Yeah. But they are excellent cabinets. And because mm-hmm. they're VGA, usually when you get them, you can put um, CGA monitors in, 15 kilohertz, but usually VGA monitors, they're very, very easy to put MAME in. Mm-hmm. Very easy indeed. You just put a PC straight in there and it'll work. So I don't know what he's going to do through it. Um, but Retro Show, we'd like to hear what you're going to do with your cabinet. Yes. Or your second yeah. cabinet even. Maybe he's going to have one horizontal, one vertical. Best of both worlds. I don't know. Mm. Was it you that showed me that back-to-back Vulix cabinet thing? Was it you? Yes, uh, we should have done this on. Oh, we should have stolen this pickups from Alpha One. Ol, that's he, it. It was his yeah. birthday recently. He was thirty-six. Happy birthday, Ol! And he bought himself, I think, two Outrun Two machines that he can bolt together to make that. But he also bought um, a Vulix Versus, which I didn't mm. even know existed. It's a, a modern LCD cabinet, yeah, by Taito. And it's a back-to-back version, very similar to the Versus City by Sega. Yeah. And it's lovely. It's a, a white one with um, black decals on it. But I've never seen one as well. I didn't even know it existed. And he bought himself that. And I think he may have Street Fighter Four in there, back-to-back Street Fighter Four against each other game. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be awesome. Not just good. I love playing Street mm. Fighter Four. That's one of the games that gets me sweaty when I play it. So <laughs> I really go for it and get quite physical with it. And I get hot playing it. I beat somebody on a fighting game last night. Well I done. Was it a nine-year-old? Uh, no, it's Leon. I beat Leon on Street Fighter Two. Okay. Just by pressing random buttons at certain points in time. That's how I play it. Yeah, it's official. There's six, 
six buttons, pick one, press it. Yes, lots. That's my final experience. (laughs) It's a nice feedback from Ed Horse. Loving the podcast, guys. Promise me you'll never die. Is that figuratively or in the game? Ah, didn't think of that. Actually. Or literally. I think you decide. Everything. I think he means all of it. We'll try not to, Ed Horse. Mm. Alex, Chucky Egg. My lovely, sweet, and fond memories of Bump and Jump have been gently placed on the floor, jumped on, set alight to, swept away, and shredded. I feel upset and destroyed so much so I had to write into Dave Lee Travis and tell him about my broken heart, only to find he's been banged up for breaking other people's hearts. Yeah. I could only find solace when watching reruns of Dukes of Hazard while eating my Jaffa cake and, in capitals, biscuits. Jaffa cakes. They're yeah. not Jaffa biscuits. You, you cut slices of cakes. You don't cut slices of Jaffa cake biscuits. Depends how big your mouth is, silly. Mm. How long is my ban for? Well, I talked to him this morning, so his ban's off again. We'll let him through. Oh, right, well done. I forgot to say, you mentioned the film Pixels. It really is not that bad. <clears throat> I went with no expectations. I had no idea what I was going to be like, and me and my son laughed all the way through. Please do not judge the film on the trailers and trendy film critics looking for headlines. It's a silly, funny, and very enjoyable film. Right. We'll do that after we've done the feedback. I will comment on Pixels because I, unfortunately, have seen it. I haven't, not yet. Talking about Alpha One. Nice podcast, chaps. You've got the system stuff the wrong way around. Ah, the Atari System 1 and System 2 we were talking about? Yeah. Uh, Paperboy is System 2. And the other games with the cartridges are System 1. Peter Pack Rat and that. Peter yeah. Pack Rat and Indiana Jones and Marble Madness and all those Road Blasters, those kind of games. And that tune absolutely cannot be from a Mega Drive, surely. It sounded too good even for the SNES. Really enjoying them. Keep up the great work. That's that music we played last time, Elemental really Master. One, yeah, Excellent it is. Music. There's lots of good tunes on that on that game. Very good. Yeah, really good. Hooray, Banana, Eric. Kung Fu Master is inspired by Game of Death. We were talking about this, weren't we? Yes, that's right. With the basic story seeing Bruce Lee fighting his way up a pagoda with five floors. While making the film, Bruce Lee died, so it never got properly finished. Oh, it was that one. I get it, yeah, yeah. A cobbled together film was released, but this was made up from footage from this film and other stuff Bruce Lee had done. The final boss character is based on the final opponent in the film, played by a basketball star and student of Bruce Lee, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Ah, yeah. it all makes sense now. Mm. Excellent. Because um, the version I've got is Spartan X, a Japanese version. Yeah. And it does actually say on there, copyright Paragon Films. So that must be the film company that did the, the game, the, the uh, Game of Death. Uh, ah. So what I would like to play, if it gets released on MAME, is Kung Fu Master 2. Yeah. Remember they found it a little while back? A French, Some French guys found it? Even more difficult, that one looks. Oh, don't say that. It's hard it enough as it, it is. But I still would like to play it. You've got tigers and stuff coming at you on that one. Rawr. Yeah. Rawr. Benson Rad, listen number four. <laughs> I would like to see a photo of this one pound twenty five kilo bag of nuts. That's down to you, mate. You've got to find them now. I think I I do sometimes slightly exaggerate Benson Rad, so about that. <laughs> you can just get um a bag of peanuts, make them really big in Photoshop and put a pound stamp on it. I could do. Yeah, edit that out, Vic. Technology. Edit that bit out. Yeah, ben- Benson Rad, here it is, mate. Boom. Bosh. Yeah. Uh, Vip, Ben. I have a question, mate. 
Did any arcade games come with an auto-fire option button on the cabinet? He also pointed us to a steam-powered game called Cinemora, mm. which I had on the Xbox 360 ages ago. And it mm. is a beautiful horizontal scroller, a, sc- a scroll and shooter game. But it is very, very, very difficult. It's really hard work. But yeah. it, it looks amazing. Styled in the old sort of uh, old style retro game. Yep. Talking about the auto fire, I've never seen an arcade game with a, um, an auto fire option on it, on the cabinet or even in the software. But in Japanese arcades, they do have an auto fire circuit on some of the games. It's a little mm. circuit board you put in between the button you're using and the jammer harness. And what it yeah. does, it, it makes it make, when you press the button or hold the button down, it makes pulses rather than just holding it down, clicking the, the switch once. Yeah. And then you can set the pulses with a with a, um, a variable resistor, so you can have you know fifty pulses a second or whatever it is. So you can get a little hardware modification. You can buy them from certain places in Japan as well. Mm. And you're not to buy one, you cheaty. I know. You need to get your finger going faster. That's what. A lot of the cave games had a, a third button, which you, which was auto fire. Yes, I'd which would slow before. which would slow your ship down. Yeah, but they did that on purpose. You can sort of bomb yourself carefully through the bullets and stuff. They're just so well designed. Them cave games are just amazing. So that's the feedback done. I'll get on to now uh, pixels. Uh, I won't. Yes. I won't drone on too long about it because you haven't seen it yet, and I'm sure a lot of our I listeners am. haven't seen it. How do I put this? <laughs> Go on. Absolutely dreadful. Is it? If if you can go by 90% of the world's opinions on Adam Sandler and his films and how he is, I would say that's quite accurate with this film. It makes no sense. Um, the acting's terrible. Uh, he looks confused a lot of the time through it when he really shouldn't. Mm. I didn't laugh once. I mean, the jokes aren't jokes. And I can imagine little kids watching it and then saying to that, looking confused and saying, what did that mean? Or why did he do that? Yeah. And there's some really bizarre bits in it as well. Bits that just make no sense. You have to watch it yourself. But what I'd say is, I wouldn't say don't pay to see it because that would be naughty. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. But yeah, and I, I think the, Actually, the best part of the whole film, and I can categorically say this without any malice, is the end credits. Because <laughs> the credits at the end, they actually do with animation. They do, yeah. they sort of animate bits of the actual film, what happened in the film. Because there's some key moments in the film, and they animate them. And they're really good little animations. And it's also the end of the film, so you're happy about that. Right. But I oh, wouldn't wow. recommend it. And I actually, I really love when that first came out as a, as a, an animated short film on YouTube. That was brilliant. And when I found out it was going to be a, a, a actual film, I thought, oh, great. And then I found out it was Adam Sandler. I went, oh, no, please, no, stop. It wasn't for me. I'm glad Alex enjoyed it, though. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's my little sort of soft rant out the way. Uh, and on to. Shoutouts. Yeah, a few this time. Okay. Obviously, I'm going to say a big shout-out to Sarge. Thank you very much. And to you for that... I've forgotten the name of it. Thunder something or other. Thunder Dragon. 
The one I played once, maybe. Thunder Dragon, yeah. Yeah, I got a shout out. I've been doing yeah. this over a year now. I got my own shout out. Brilliant. Yay! And also, thanks to the Zachariah guys, we're, we're now have our own thread archive on the zachariah.co.uk excellent forum so thank you for that guys and also we're on the game by game podcast.com it's a website which lists all the actual game by game podcasts so you've got the 7800 game by game podcast you've got ferg's 2600 game by game podcast you've got us uh, no quarter are on there hopefully they're going to come back sooner or later and loads of other quality podcasts if you like uh, game reviews where we do a game every other week or every week or whatever go on there and find some of the podcasts I listen to loads of them on there and they're all really really good yeah. um, it might sound a bit chummy us bigging up other podcasts but it's a good way to find out if you listen to this one you'll probably like the ones we listen to as well mm. and I actually know some of these guys I've met a few of them uh, and I, I converse with them we talk about stuff and hopefully in America when I go over in December I'm meeting a few of the guys as well so it's not just us getting on with each other. I'm actually giving good reviews for these podcasts. Yeah. I, I actually listen to these myself because I, I work on machines at work and I, I get bored sometimes and I actually listen to them while I'm working. And they're absolutely brilliant for that. Mm, so, yeah, yeah, go on there, www.gamebygamepodcast.com and check out some more excellent podcasts. Yeah, there's a few I listen to. I'll have to get a list together. Mm. Do you know, I've got, I love spreadsheets. I have got a spreadsheet of all the podcasts and I try not to miss any of my, my favourite ones. So I shall read them out next time, all my favourite ones. I use a podcast app on my Apple phone and mm. I get all the feeds automatically. I listen to a lot of uh, comedy ones as well. Do you? All yeah, right, yeah. Uh, they're really good. And I, also, I get them automatically. So when I look at my phone, it'll have a little number next to the, the app. So I know there's a new one coming. So I never mm. miss them. It's great. Ah, oh, that's good. Does it download them for you, or does it offer to download them for you? I think you can choose. And when you've listened to it, you can get rid of them. So I've only got a small capacity phone. I've got the cheapest one. Yeah. So I've got a lot of room on there. But when you've listened to it, you can mark as red and then delete download. Ah, very good. It's pretty good. Mm. Also, you've got another, another shout-out for the people who supplied your cabinet? Certainly have. Mr. Andy U72 and Mr. Mark Singy, thank you very much for that cab because it is in great condition and the monitor, like I said, is really clear. You know. Do you know what monitor is in there? What what manufacturer it is? Hantorax? Yes. Oh, they're I, good monitors. Yeah, they're pretty good. Polo. Is it a Polo? Oh, a Polo. That's even yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah, because the Hantorax 9000 is usually um, a UK de facto monitor, but the yeah. Polo is the later versions. They're a bit better, I think. Mm, oh, excellent. Yeah. Nice one. Mm. Yeah, so thanks, guys. That's the shout-outs done. And, oh, it's your one, Forgotten Gems. Yeah, Forgotten Gems. Games from way back in the day that were good and certain people's favourites that we're going to give another little mention to. So Maybe you've forgotten about these little things. Poor <laughs> old games back in the day. <laughs> don't get much love. <laughs> Yeah, so we're, we're going to love them up again. Oh, yeah. Right, my one. I was playing it last night, and I got well into it. Sunset Riders. Yes. Konami 1991. This is the four-player cowboy game. Am I thinking yeah. the right one? Yeah, I think I was just playing it one player. It was it was in a, a Goliath, so it was just a two-player thing. But I was playing it one player. What? I'm getting confused. I might be thinking of Cowboys and Mumesa. That's a four-player, isn't it? 
No, I think this is. I think you can do four player on this because I've okay. I was looking it up on Mame. Yeah. Sunset, right? Yeah, the default version on Mame is four players. Okay. All right. I was I was sort of in the right region, and I don't think I've played mm. it a lot, but I know a lot of people love it. Yes, quite large sprites. You're a cowboy walking along, shooting the Indians Yeehaw. and all, all the guys. You can shoot eight directions. Okay. It's kind of like a rolling thunder bit to start Pardon? where you can jump. Jump what up on saying? levels, jump up on levels, walk across banisters, jump back down, that kind of thing. We'll gloss over with a th- six-inch paintbrush. You mentioned Rolling Thunder. And then you can get on horses where you can shoot in all eight directions. And horses? You can... Yes. It's very good. And I think I got to, after I cheated and credited my way all the way through to see all the nice graphics. Oh, you monkey. Some good animations, actually. Cool. I, f- I think I got to the third boss, I think, playing it on one credit. Yeah. I think there's loads of bosses. It's quite a long game. Okay. You know what other game that's really good? It's got cowboys in it. Gunsmoke. Yep. Yeah. We've got to do that one day. I like that. Another that's flipping Capcom game. Another early Capcom. They could mm. do no wrong Capcom. No, not back in those days. No. So Alpha One has sent us one of his in as well. Uh, Peter Pepper's Ice Cream Factory. Data East 1984. This was on the Deco cassette system. Mm. And oddly enough, before I read this, I played it earlier. I was looking for ones for me that I sort of remembered back in the day that I've sort of forgotten about. And I was going to use this one myself. I didn't realize that uh, Arl had sent it in. It's similar to Diner on Intellivision, which is one of the best games, I think, on Intellivision. You've got to kick ice creams onto the little cones, the wafer cones, and you can kick off bad guys. And on Diner, you're kicking meatballs around. It's sort of like an isometric game. It's very similar Peter Pepper's one is, is a flat vertical game, but it is quite a cool little game. Not as good as Burger Time, I don't think, but it is quite a good one. And because it was on the Data East Deco system, people probably have forgotten about it because there's not many around nowadays. It is Burger Time 2, isn't it? Is it actually Burger Time 2? I think it is two? Burger Time 2, yeah. I always yeah. think of Diner as Burger Time 2. Mm. Mm. Could be. Also, listen to Body Pop mentioned Metro Cross, Namco 1985. Mm. I love this on the Spectrum. It's a really good version of the Spectrum. And when we finished on here, I'm going to World of Spectrum, and I'm going to get it for my little SD card interface. In the notes you've put, loved this on the Spectrum when I was a wee. No, I've put when I was wee, tiny, I, small person. Ah, uh, I was twelve. I've I, never been that wee. When I was not, when I was a wee. You uh, when just, I was, you just altered that, you swine. I see your cursor on there. Get off. No, no. <laughs> uh, fuzzy. Mr. TNT from Telco 1983. I think this was also called a bootleg. It's called Gorkans. I'm not familiar with this. Tell me about it. It's kind of like a maze game. Yeah. And the the maze is like a thread that you go along, but you can only go along the, the thread once and it disappears behind you. Oh, okay. Like uh, a dynamite wick. Yeah, so you've got to plan your way around the maze to pick up all the things. Okay. I was not so keen on it. But I've played it again today, and it's it has got something. Yeah, it, it has got you? something. <laughs> is it growing on you? Kind of. Like mould? Yeah. And my yeah. one is Puzzled, also known as Joy Joy Kid, on the Neo Geo. You played that? You got it on your uh, 161 in one cartridge? Uh, I don't know, actually. I don't After we've so. finished here, chum, go and have a look. Puzzled, or Joy Joy Kid, it's called. Mm. And it's basically a Tetris clone with a twist. Oh, I think I have, yeah. It's yeah. You've got a little character, I think he's like a little Zeppelin, like a little blimp at the bottom of the screen, and he's held in by bricks, Tetris bricks. And what you've got to do is get the lines to remove the bricks around him so he can get out and then you fly away in him. So you haven't got to get perfect lines like Tetris to keep the, the screen down. It's not constantly coming up at you. 
Uh, you just got to release the thing. And there is a two-player as well you can play on it. It's a really cool little Tetris clone. And I like Tetris games anyway. It's quite nice. Ah, excellent. Bit of a twisty twist. Mm. Right then, I need to go and get a drink. Because I ran my tea out earlier. I was drinking it when I yapping to you before we, we got the podcast underway. And I've ran out of tea. So let's have a musical interlude. What is it, sir? This one is a Defender Arcade Music remix. Can I have a rewind? Whistle Posse Blow! I don't know what you're talking about. Have you lost it? I went back to me rave days. Oh, God. A Defender Arcade Music remix by a guy called Tony Fox. And we've put his YouTube link in there so people can... The video is just Defender, but it goes really well with the music. Yeah, it's clever. So let's like pop that it. in here, shall we? Can I ask what you were doing? Lexi, just trying some new stuff. Like what? Kind of hard to explain. Check this out. Unite. Oh, yeah. Save the humanoid. Did you like that, Vic? I did actually. I did like that bit. Finished? Yeah, I've gone back to my rave days. I know. You're having flashbacks. I am. It's not good, kids. <laughs> Don't go to raves in quarries and warehouses. It's not the place to dance. Anyway, shall we do our featured game review, which was one of your picks, I believe? This game is called Holly's Comet. Sorry, Halley's Comet. Almost. It's called... Halley's Comet 87, also. Yeah. From Taito 1986. License to comp- Taito, sorry. Thank you. I've got that we wrong. We tell the Broken Token guys off for saying that. Taito. Taito in 1986. And it sounds like this. Licensed to a company called Coinitco. Have you heard of these? <laughs> Never heard of them. <laughs> exactly. Was it licensed to them or licensed to Taito? No, licensed to Coinit for, for US distribution. I don't know why Taito did that. But they used didn't they do that with Rumstar and things like that as well? They used to distribute it to yeah. people. Strange, eh? 
Yeah, a vertical space shooter. Yeah, it's it was to really it's to coincide with all the hype around the real comet. Did you ever see the real comet coming well, in? It was a long time ago, mate. I can't remember twenty, thirty years ago. Mm. Yeah, My- but it's when Halley's comet. Uh, sort of skimmed the earth nearly. Yeah, I went. I remember me and my brother being. My dad took us up in a, a plane, not himself, but we got on a plane really? and went up. And uh, we, you know, to see Halley's comet. It was a special flight. Oh wow, cool! And it was just really, it was just a white dot. But oh, okay, <laughs> saw it, saw it, saw the white dot. Excellent. Yes, right. So the hardware is an M six eight zero nine at five megahertz and a Z eighty at three megahertz. It's got four sound chips and A Y eight nine one zero A. Really? Four of them? Four of them. Sounding that good? I quite like the tunes. Yeah, the tune's good. I wouldn't have thought for four chips, though. Mm. Hmm. Sorry, what was the res? 256 by 240. Oh, they're my favourites. <laughs> Non-jammer. Eight-way stick with two buttons. Fire and hyperspace. We'll talk about hyperspace in a bit. Yeah. Right, this game was an inspiration for Ewan Mora and Yuge from Toa Plan when they were making Twin Cobra. They said this game was invigorating. That was the word they used. They were wrong, mind. They, no, they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> this, right, this type of game, really, it's your vertical space shooter, which was very popular at the time. The twist with this one is you've got a, like a mini-map on the right-hand side of the screen, and, and any... Sp- any bad guy, they're almost all silver. Any bad guy that gets past you, or the missiles, these like larger missiles that they fire. The comets, yeah. Yeah, if they fire past you, they will hit the earth at the bottom of your mini-map, and you'll get an extra 1% damage. Yeah, when I think when the comets go past you, they do more damage than the spaceships. I don't maybe, know if it's Maybe five or ten, I don't know. I think it's, it's definitely not five. It might be two. I'm not sure. Okay. And... Yeah. It's got, it's got, um, it's sort of your, your, your progression up the side of the screen. So you're getting closer to a big comet at the very top, which is your boss battle you're going to have. Yeah. And when the earth gets hit, it's sort of, sort of glowing like this fire's going on there. Yeah. And if that gets to 100%, you're dead. How many lives you've got left? You've had it. It's you've, game you've over. You've blown the earth up. You're useless. Yeah. So really, you've got to defend, you've got to shoot everything and not let anything past you. And it's quite easy to get killed way before the earth gets killed, I think. No. I haven't had the earth blow up on me yet, luckily. That's why we're still here, people. <laughs> yeah, we've defended it well. We have. You get halfway through this first level and you get a mini-boss, which is kind of like a generic square kind of Xevious-looking boss. Yeah, mini-boss. big, big squarish spaceship with bits Dead easy it. to shoot. Yep. You shoot him, carry on, you get to the uh, comet at the end of the mini-map. Yeah, which is like a big metally robot-y type thing inside the comet. It's not actually a... A molten comet, is it? Yeah, that's the twist in the game. You see, it's not twisty, just a, twisty. It's not just a normal comet. It's a robot comet. I think robot comets are always the bad ones. Filled with bad guys. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So you you blow up the outer shell of this comet, and it sort of opens, and then you go inside, and that's the second stage. Yeah. Of it's split up into planets, isn't it? It would have thunk it. Yeah. But when you do the level, you kill the bad boss off your Earth hit counts go back to zero again. Yes. So if you've got to like 30% or whatever, it goes back to zero. So you've got no fear of the planet blowing up. Yep. You've saved it. Yep. So then you go through the interior of the comet, shooting all the various stuff, mm-hmm. and you get to the main boss, which looks like a big, another big square thing with flashy squares on it. Wow. Is and that the technical you... term, flashy squares? 
Yeah, you shoot the flashy squares. You'll find it is. All the flashy squares shoot bullets. You shoot all them first, and each one blows up with a very satisfying little clink when you hit it. Yeah, I like clinks. Yeah. You like that little sound effect, yeah. It's like you've dropped a pound coin down a drain, that kind of clink. Yeah. That's never yeah. a good thing, is it? No. That's ten no. goes on a cab, that is. Not now it's not. No. No, half a go now. Half a go on a Star Wars game, that is. Yeah. So you, you destroy that, and then you've saved the Earth. I think the first one you save is actually the Earth. The Earth. The which Earth. Which makes sense. And then it's the Venus, and then the Mars. Yeah. And I think the Plato at the end, not Pluto. Yeah. You don't rescue Pluto, you rescue a Greek philosopher. Yeah. Plato. He must be massive. Right, the thing I like about this is what has drawn me back to this is the power-ups. Yeah. For 1986, this has a hell of a... This is bullet-hell-style power-ups. Yeah, early bullet-hell with, with weapons. Yeah, you get your, you get your first power-up gives you... Four bullets. You fire... Wait, it's four wide, if you see what I mean. Yeah, very similar to 1942. And yeah. you didn't mention it. Well done. Mm. It's good that you did. <laughs> yeah, and then you start getting these spread shots, and then you get an extra bullet through the middle of your four, and then you get more spread shots. And then if you can get this orange glowing thing... I like the orange glowing thing. That is another technical term. Yeah. It makes all your bullets twice the size. So you're shooting... Bulbousy round things, doesn't it? Like you're throwing orbs out. So you're shooting almost covers half the screen. It's like bullet hell. Yeah, but you're doing the bullet hell bits, not yeah. being hit by bullet hells. It's just... I think that's what blew me away at the time. Me and my brother were thinking, this is amazing. This is about the same sort of time as Gradius and Nemesis, wasn't it? Where you've got weapons as yeah. well. Yeah. So it's a similar kind of thing, but obviously up the screen rather than across the screen. You can Far also get some little ships behind you, little satellites in a V pattern. Yes. They're quite cool as well. Yeah, you collect them. The good thing about this is I think this is unique to this game. Each one of those represents a hyperspace. Yeah. So as long as you've got one of these little satellites and you're in trouble, you press your hyperspace button, it's equivalent to like a smart bomb on your, on your standard shooter. And you get a really cool little effect. Yeah, where you're well, sort of you're whizzing through space, sort of like lines all moving quickly in colours. Yeah, it's like a cheesy sort of Star Trek effect. I quite like it. Mm. So you've saved yourself, but you've sacrificed one of your little guys. Yeah. So try and keep hold of them guys. If you stay down the bottom of the screen, you're the if you can collect all. I think it's six Four, guys. It six? Yeah. They go beneath the bottom of the screen, so the bullets can't hit them. Oh, okay. So that's what I was doing, trying to stay right at the bottom. Yeah, because nothing comes from behind you, does it? No. Uh, no. I think the, no. the enemies can go up behind you, but when they go off the bottom of the screen, they don't come back. They go to Earth, don't no. they? And start ripping bits out of Earth. But if your little ships get shot, you lose the hyperspace. Yeah. So that's that's quite a clever idea, I think. You've actually got to protect your sort of smart bomb effect. Yeah, because in the, the Wingman on 1942... You get you usually use to smash up a big uh, plane, don't you? Because they get hit yeah. very easy. You don't keep them for very long. It's just better to keep one. You can control it a bit easier. Mm. But on this one, you're trying to save them all the time. Yeah, and it doesn't affect the amount of rolls if you lose somebody in 1942, does it? If you lose a wingman, that's right. Yeah, you still got your like your cheese roll, your egg roll, and your ham roll. Ham roll. <laughs> so that is basically the game. You rescue Plato. You rescue Venus. You rescue Mars. Socrates. Socrates. He's not in there, I is he? I didn't see him. No. So, yeah, the game is, basically, it's quite a good shoot 'em up 
Mm. It's, it's all right. The colours are a little bit bland, don't you think? They can get a bit garish on the inside of the comet levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to see some of the bullets sometimes. Yes, yeah, yeah. But I notice when you go to different levels, um, the actual palette changes, so they're very similar colours. You get a green and then you may get a grey or a yellow level. And yeah. They're a bit uninspired, the colours. I think they could have been a bit more colourful or chosen mm. it a bit better. Yeah, so, as I said, I think the reason I like this is because the amount of bullets and... Yeah, I think that's yeah, actually. Well, you the used to play this with your brother, didn't you? Back back yeah. in the day, you used to have. Yes. Where did you find this in? In a Blackpool arcade, was it? It was, but we played it somewhere else before that, and I can't think where it must have been. Great Yarmouth or Lower Stoft, I would have thought. Okay, yeah. so I never saw this in the arcade. I didn't know about this one. Well, I might have done, but it didn't really. Wasn't that inspiring for me? Mm. But on the next section about the secrets and play tips. Uh, this sort of gets it for me, and this was sort of what ruined it a little bit for me. Yeah. Uh, you've put on there, don't die. This game suffers from Truxton syndrome. When when you respawn after dying, you're underpowered. Yeah. It's hard to survive long enough to grab an essential speed boost or, or a weapon upgrade. And I found that this game, to me, I kept saying on Twitter, is a one-life game. Mm-hmm. You play the game, you get the, shoot, you get the big... Um, power-ups at the start, and the game gets quite easy. You just need to, you, you're spreading your shots nearly all the way across the screen. Yeah. And what I found is the way I normally get killed is getting hit by a bullet because I didn't see it from the rest of my bullets because so many of your bullets on the screen, you're mm. giving the bullet hell back to the bad guys. You don't see their bullets coming at you. They're not, they're not a totally different colour. They're not like your bullets are green and there's a bright pink or something or blue. Mm. And you get killed quite easily. And what I got killed by mostly, and most of the swears came out for me, was when them round things come, you hit them and they spread bullets out when they die. Yeah. And I got killed a lot of them doing Because if you shoot them very close to you, their bullets spread quite close to you and you get hit really easily. If you hit them at the top of the screen, you've got plenty of time to dodge them. But those monkeys got me a lot. Mm. And that's And when you get killed, you start off your weedy little pew, 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 pew shooty thing again. And yeah. it's very difficult to get... You're not even quick enough to avoid stuff by then. You've lost your power, your speed up as well. Yeah, you're too slow. If yeah. you are lucky enough to get back, you can claw it back together again. But if you're near a boss level, you've had it. No chance. Mm. No chance at all. And it ruins it. If they if they play-tested the game a little bit more and maybe put in... Maybe they left you with one power-up. Yeah. Or maybe you were very close to a power-up straight away. Because mm. they, they did that with Gradius and Nemesis. When you lost your power-ups, or even with Salamander, they'd stay on the screen. You can go and scoop them up again quickly, so you're back to power. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's a real flaw in the game, I think. Yeah, it does It does kind of ruin it. Also, if you read on Clov and on Mame Info, it says you can get a 1 million point bonus when you're on the, the flashing squarey guy. Yeah. When he's got one square left. Oh, it was there, is it? I did read this, and I couldn't work out where it was. Yeah, and the square is lit up, which means it's going to fire at you. Yeah. If you press your hyperspace button, you're supposed to get, you're supposed to destroy that last square and get a million point bonus. But I could not get that to work at I all. I couldn't either. Um, I tried about ten times. I couldn't get it to work. There's a quite a few different ROM versions of it. As you said, there was the the Halley's Comet eighty seven. Yeah. There's a Japanese version. I think there's a US and maybe a world version as well. Yeah. And oh, I yeah, tried I it and I couldn't do it on any. Maybe it's a different ROM version we've got to use and we were using the wrong one. I don't know. Mm. But the game seemed very okay. similar. All the versions were exactly the same, I thought. Yeah, yeah, could be. Another thing, I think collision detection, it doesn't give an inch. You can just get 
just get the tiniest tip of your... A pixel sh- scrape. Yes, and you're dead. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that. It was, it's not forgiving at all, is it? No, no. And once you lose that life and you've got all them power-ups gone, you've basically had it, I think. Well, I did manage to come back from it, not right back up to full power, but I managed to get like another two or three hundred thousand come back from it. But I never got back up to the like the huge bullets from getting killed. Me neither. I couldn't do it. I, I sort of got back a little bit. I didn't... Most of the time, you, you'd lose your life, and then almost immediately, within 10,000 points, you'd lose all the left, rest of your lives again. But I did manage once or twice... I didn't play it that often because of the fact it's a one-life game, and I got a bit miffed with it. Um, but I did manage to do it now and again. I did try. I did try on this game to have a few more games than Bump and Jump, because I hated Bump and Jump. Uh, but this one, I, I did quite like. Yeah, uh, it's I not a bad game, but it's just got those little flaws which ruin it for me. Yeah, yeah. Right, one of my tips is only go for the power-ups when they're easy to get. Just don't risk moving too far up the screen because you just get killed. And that's another little annoying thing. The, when the power-up mm. stays on the screen, if you don't get it pretty quickly, it just disappears off the left or right hand side of the side. No, no, come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh, you've gone. Yeah. Thank you. Missed that one. Yeah, yeah. they they clear off the screen very quickly, don't they? They do. They're quite Which quick. Is... And also, if it's by the left-hand side, it doesn't default to go to the right-hand side. You get more. It goes off to the left-hand side sometimes. I think it's random which way it goes. Yeah. And you just can't get there quickly enough. Yeah, you need that speed power-up to get the extra, the other power-ups. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I also mentioned that about staying at the bottom of the screen to protect the wingmen that are below you so they're not they're off the bottom of the screen. Yeah. Uh, so one thing I did find that's not written down anywhere, if you can clear a whole comet with 0% damage to the Earth or to yeah. whatever planet you're protecting... So you're not going to let anything go by you. Mm. Yeah. Which is quite hard to do. You get 50,000 bonus and an extra life. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, well, that's pretty cool. You found that out all on your own. All oh, on your yeah. own, some. I did, I did. Excellent. Also, the Cutting Room Floor, which is an awesome website that delves into ROMs. Yes, it's excellent. They find stuff out, don't they? Yeah, they've found a load of hidden names in, in ah, the ROM. Ah, I found the first one on my own. Did when, you? When the game starts, um, there's some writing at the top telling you, you know, well done, go and blah, blah, blah. And if you go up to it with your spaceship and run over it, it, it erases the text <laughs> yeah. and it says, don't erase. Yeah, yeah. There's quite a few little bits like that, like programmers' names, most of them, and, and music composers. Yeah, we've put, um, we put the show notes into that website. You can go look for yourself. I, th- I think it's just part of the staff, isn't it? It, it really mm. reveals names of the staff. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So what's your opinion on the graphics and the sound of it? What do you think? They're quite basic for 1986, I thought. I think they could have mm. been better. More colourful would have been nicer. Not a lot of animation in there, is there? No, they're quite... And you don't get that many different types of alien, do you? No. But, saying that, you don't get many different types of alien on Star Force, and that's a game we really highly rate. Mm. I think this is a poor man's Star Force. Because it's got jaunty little tunes, you don't get very many bad guys, and they do come at you in the same kind of flight paths sort of thing. Mm. But it's not as good as Star Force. Someone think. mentioned it's kind of like 1942 in space, where you've, where it's a, there's a load of levels to clear. I bet it took an hour to clear it, like 1942 does hour and a half. Yeah, and also, remember when we did 1942, someone had done on HB MAME a version of 1942 in space. Yes. That kind of reminds me of it. 
Mm, yeah. Yeah, well, I like the sound. I think it's very jaunty kind of sound. Yeah, it's pretty game. good tunes. I was actually humming the tunes when I didn't want to. So they're yeah. obviously good. They've got on my head. And there's kind of a sinister one when you enter the comet. It sort of goes yeah, more it does go quiet, doesn't it? You, sort mm. of, you know something's coming. Yeah, I quite, like the, I quite like the tunes. Yeah, the graphics are... You could have done a lot more with that, I agree. Yeah, yeah they could have been a lot more colourful, I think. Because I found that... the the spaceships that were coming at you and your ship and the backgrounds are all similar palette colours where mm. their spaceships and especially their, their bullets should have been a totally different colour so you know where they're coming from. Yeah. Because yeah. I found I was getting hit a lot of the time because there was just so many bullets of mine on screen I wasn't noticing theirs and getting hit. Mm. Improvements I would make we've mentioned it really respawn with at least a speed boost. Yeah or, or at least um, a weapon close to where you start off so you can get it quickly so you don't have to go through the game uh, with weedy bullets, with pea shooter bullets. Definitely. Yeah. Make the power-ups hang around longer and not clear off screen because you can miss them. More varied and interesting bosses. Yeah, on, on the later games, uh, you know, the better shoot 'em up games and the higher quality ones, the power-ups don't disappear. They sort of wander around the screen and you've got to go and grab them. Yeah, that's what they could have done with this. I think rather than just disappearing and no, you're not having them. Oh, damn, come back. They could sort of just make them move around, so you have got to go and find them. I think there's a fine line on shooters between the power-ups hanging around too long. Yeah, when you don't want them, because sometimes you don't want them. Maybe there's an extra speed up, and you don't want to go too quickly yeah. and erratic, and not you want enough. it to go away. And sometimes you grab it by accident. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Oh, what else have I put for improvements? Background colours inside the comic could be darker. Sometimes bullets are hard to see. Yes. Mm. Right, I've had some comments from the people playing it, right? Thanks for playing with us again, guys. Brilliant. Yes, thanks. None of them positive, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tronads, David, I'm not feeling it with this one. I don't like the way it moves. It seems to have some kind of inertia, and I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I do as well. Takes a bit of getting used to. There is a kind of a slight speed up when you first move the ship. So mm. I'd call that inertia. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Mm. Mm. Phil V85, what an infuriating game. The Gradius-esque recovery system after losing a life. Ah, he's put... Yeah. With yeah. Gradius, it's actually easy because there is a lot of power-ups around. But yeah. in certain parts of that game, there's none around. It's quite sparse and you do struggle. You do need them power-ups. Mm. Marilyn Monroe's put this hack is uh, Leslie. This hack is a candidate. This is a hack candidate for sure. Losing weapons is a downer. Yeah, maybe one of our. Well, I don't think the game's popular enough to for one of our excellent uh, UK back hackers to delve into the code and tinker with it. Mm. I, I don't think people are going to play it. Often. I've never seen a PCB of it, which would be the ideal candidate to do this to. Yeah, but I've yeah. never seen a PCB. I think the PCB is a bit of an odd one. I looked at the. Um, when I was looking earlier for a flyer, there's no flyers for it. I know. I couldn't it find weird? a flyer. I was looking for some bits earlier, and I did find um, like a, a, a manual sheet, and it was like the dip switch settings and the pinout. And the pinout has got three separate pinouts. You know, I was talking earlier, I was talking to you about your cabinet, and it's got the jammer harness, just one harness. Yeah. This thing's got three. Weird. It's got like a power one, then like a jammer harness with power and your controls on it. And I think it's got another one as well. Strange. Bit of an odd PCB, that one. Right, so talking of ports and sequels and stuff, there wasn't really any. No, the arcade PCB wasn't in its own cabinet either. It's Mm. one of these dull ones that didn't get its own cabinet. It just got a really lackluster kit. 
And yeah. that's about it. I couldn't even find a flyer. The only thing that's really noticeable about the game is the marquee, which isn't even that good either. No, it's not great, that is it? It no. looks like a hand-drawn, rushed job to me. With crayons! Yeah, yeah I like crayons, mate. So no ports either, then? It was on a PS2 compilation, a Taito compilation called Taito Memories 2 in Japan. Yeah. There was a sequel on the Famicom and Game Gear called Halley Wars. Yeah. Which I have looked on YouTube at the Game Gear one. It looks quite similar. Okay. Mm. So mainly this game for you was probably 60% memories with your brother rather than actual good gameplay? Do you know, I played it a lot, though. I did enjoy that first life right. with the bullets. I did enjoy it. I did I play did, it I did, but lot. when it's just, it was a bit of a waste. When you do sort of get into it and you're shooting everything, you're dodging, it's quite good. And then when you get killed, you just, uh, press escape, start again. It was yeah. that bad for me, I think. It was kind of ruined. It could have been much better. Once you get sort of over a million and you lose a life... <laughs> <laughs> you you just can't you just you haven't enough bullets to shoot everything on the screen. Yeah, I, I get that myself. After a million, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just get hemmed into a corner, dead. So, um, SM Raider Steve says the score freezes at ten million. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Piece of cake, mate. No problem. He says he might do it when he's got a spare half an hour. How did he know cake. this? I don't know. So, do he, you, do you know the world record? The world record on Twin Galaxies is not very high, but I saw some guy on Galloping Ghost site, and we've got a link to the YouTube thing yep. here, and he's got about five million on it. Okay. And hang on, I'm just looking at it now. It's not a massive scoring game, is it? I mean, no. I noticed on when you kill the bad guy, you get twenty thousand points for him. And some of the, there's yeah. a level, on the very first level, there's a bit where you get these big squares coming across the screen because we were using auto fire in. Shmup main, where you're using your auto fire and your hurry stick. Yeah. You could kill him off quite quickly. You got 20,000 for that as well. Yeah. Some of them give you 30,000. Some of the, okay. Like the set pieces where all these creatures made of blocks come down. Yeah. Yeah. You sort of like almost like a, a gang of mini bosses. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And with, with the auto fire, it's quite easy to do that. Yeah. I did find the auto fire made the game more enjoyable as well. You were right I there. Did. I did. You were did. right there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, cheating but- sometimes pays off kids. Uh, this guy called Jamie Tibbetts on Galloping Ghost. Yeah, I think he got about five million. So that's oh, not wow. that's not that's without auto fire. But when so you get uh, when you get all the weapons together, it's almost an auto fire anyway, isn't it? Yeah, you have got so much yeah. stuff going on on the screen. You don't really need auto fire. I do enjoy auto fire. You sir are a cheating swine. I should have been Japanese. They like the auto fire. They do. Yes. Right, going from the scores, right, the scores, the scores on the doors. Right, Steve, Mr. Monkey Chunk, 220,180. Yep, good score. It's decent, it's decent. It is. VIP, 331,710. Even better, good. Mad Steve, just beat VIP, 332,570. Oh, he's not going to like that. (laughs) Mr. Tronads, who's very good at shooters. I, I beat Tronads. He, I think he's only had one game. Because he hated it. 390,000. Yep. Mr. Marland, hello. Myself. Yes. Hello, dear. Hello. 440,250. Yeah, that was the best run I got. Mm. It's not a good score, that. Sorry? 
Phil V85, 780,950. Getting on the top players now. Yeah, that's yeah, a good score. Yeah, now we have a super, super score coming up next. Marilyn Monroe has got 2,268,800. Oh, my Lord. That's a lot. And then, in your face, everybody else, I've got... <laughs> I've got 2,548,720. Thank you. That's a good score. And I probably got 2.2 million on my first life and then just the yeah. other, five, other five lives I managed 300,000, something like that. So if this game was balanced, you were probably on for 8, 8 million, I Could, reckon? Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose yeah. the game does get harder later on, does it? Or is it sort of plateau? It, no, looking at that video, it does get faster and harder, yeah. Oh, God, it does, yeah. it does. Those... Did you have a problem with those round aliens when they sort of come in and then they split off and shoot like four fires at you? Yeah, I was, if they were getting sort of below halfway down the screen, I was, I was letting them go past, yeah. Yeah, but when, because it was going so mad, the firing, I didn't realise, if they come to the, the right and you were on the left and you went over to get them, you didn't realise it was the round ones and they, they explode close to you, you've had it. Yeah, you have. Didn't Volgus have aliens like that as well, that shot down like that? That's a familiar I, pattern to me, that. I think they did later on, yeah. yeah. Qu- quite near before you loot the whole game, yeah. Is that the game I beat you on? Uh, no, no, I don't recall no. that. <laughs> Do you know, I was playing that on the uh, Raspberry Pi Vulgus. Oh, yeah, okay. Does it run well? It is, yeah, it's pretty good, yeah. Perfect. Mm. Yeah, so that's it. That is Halley's Comet. I've put at the bottom here... Final comments on the game of but Nostalgia has got this game half right. Yep. Still enjoy it, although it could have been a lot better with a bit of tweaking. I think that's me for that I one. I absolutely agree with you. It could have been a little bit, or a lot more better with just a little bit more programming. Yeah. Mm. Excellent. Okay. So, I found this today, actually. I looked in my special book of artwork. The Art of Side Art. Yeah, I really like this. I think it's brilliant. It's an awesome little cab, isn't it? I don't know about the game so much because it's an MCR and I don't like MCR games, the Bally Midway ones. But this is Domino Man. Yeah. And the cabinet is brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, I really like that. It's really goofy. I love it. It's a black cabinet with a very sort of uh, high slanted front to it. Sort of reminds me of Tempest Slant. Yeah. It's a Bally game. It's got Domino Man Marquee in pink letters and with the little guy with his little baldy head and his big thick eyebrows, his big thick moustache. And he's running around. There's a load of dominoes, as you can imagine. And the side art is half, half cab side art with him running around and loads of uh, dominoes he's trying to put up. And there's a bee trying to get him. A shiny bee, hopefully. Oh, shiny bees. And... Around the the marquee, as you would imagine, there's loads of dominoes and as on the front of the control panel. The control panel was ambidextrous controls, red joystick, green buttons with pink jump underneath them. But the best part of the cab, I think, apart from all the other cool stuff, is on the front kick plate around the coin door are dominoes. But I think they're 3D dominoes. They look like they stick out from the cab. They're sort of raised. Yeah. And I've put a... A note on the show notes, a link to John's Arcade. He's actually got one of these. And oh, he's restored it. And there's some really nice pictures of his restoration. He's done an excellent job on it. Uh, go there, have a look. But it's a really lovely looking cabinet. I might have to try the game. Because mm. it, it's such a cool game, looking game. I know what you mean about the art style on the games. But Tapper was one of these type of games, wasn't it? I don't think Tapper was. It might have been, you know. 
But there's Tron one called, Wars and Satan's Hollow. There's one called Timber. Yeah, it's it's the same guy, isn't it? It's the same yeah. character. They use the same yeah. guy in all three games. Yeah. I will have to investigate it further. Yeah, I'm not yeah, I don't like the actual style of the graphics on, on those games. But yeah, the cab looks amazing. It does look really nice. Mm. So that's that. And another one of yours releases from this month in history. I was going to do a tune. I was going to sing a stupid tune, and then I've run out of time. I'll Good. do it for next time. Oh, really? Yeah. Oof. We're going way back tune. It's You're going, going to get a brilliant. xylophone. Uh, it's going it. to be better than that. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's going to be excellent. I'll hold you to that. Yep. Anyway, tell us about August. August 2005, 10 years ago, Raiden 3 came out. 10 years ago, is it that yeah. long? Yeah. Wow. By Taito. It wasn't Cebu Kiatsu that did it this time. They did help with it, but a company called MOSS Moss did yeah. most of it. Dear Sir Stroke Madam, fire! Exclamation mark. Mm, I haven't played this at all. I have. I had it on the Xbox 360. And you can also play it on an emulator called a uh, Taito Type X emulator. I'll send ah. you a link to it. It's good. I don't think that it quite works perfectly. I think mm. you can play you can play Raiden three and four on there. Oh, excellent. I played it in Japan when I was over there on a, on a candy cab, and it's it's like an upgraded graphical version of of Raiden one and two. It is very yeah. good, and you can play two player together on it as well. Mm. It is oh, a good so... follow up to the game. I really like it. Oh, that's good. Twenty years ago, August nineteen ninety five, Tekken two came out. Namco, yeah. the King of Iron Fist tournament returns. Sounds painful. Mm. Not so into Tekkens. Not me. Mind you, they did the 3D polygon thing Tekkens, didn't they? So that was a bit different. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are really into Tekken. It was either Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, or Tekken. They were the three big mm-hmm. hitters, I think, in the, in the fighting scene. Yeah, Killer Instinct, another one, weren't it? And um, the Neo Geo ones. What am I talking about? There's loads. <laughs> King of Fighters. Oh, God. Fatal Fury. Oh, no. I've been looking at these. I'm like, I'm a cab. Ah. There's some right weird ones. Samurai Showdown, all that lot. They're good. Last Blade's a really good one. Last Blade 1 and 2 are really smart yeah. fighters. Have a go with those, mate. Mm. 1985, 30 years ago, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. That was the one on the System 1 hardware. I don't know. I'm yeah. not saying anything. <laughs> it was Atari anyway. Put we got it way. wrong, didn't we? Yep. Right, going back 40 years, August 1975. I didn't find a game. Oh, really? But I was typing it, yeah, I couldn't find a game. Uh, there's lots of 75 games, but I couldn't find one that actually specifically August. Okay. But I did find a football score. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, when I typed in August 75. Liverpool 3, Tottingham Hot Pots or something, 2. Oh. So well, Liverpool won that one. Well done, Liverpool. Yeah. I guess the Hot Pots. <laughs> Ooh, like a bit of art part. Ooh, Percy. <laughs> right. Yes. Let's finish this one off with next show's game and who picked it. This is worrying me, this, what he's written here. Right. It did say on here, Vic's pick, and I put in Tor, Victor's Waff's pick. Yeah. It's actually mine, but she loves this game, and she is going to play along with us next next time. Go on. Mr. Driller. 
Oh, Mr. Driller. That's a good one. I'm glad you're excited. I was going to choose Banku Panagu. Banku Panagu. Which we will get onto because we both love Bank Panic and it's a great game and there's a lot to talk about in it. But wife has been on at me to do Mr. Driller since we since I started this podcast. Right. Um, but back then, oh, I, I had a version of Main 144 and it was, it was an old version then, but I didn't want to muck about with it because when you mess about with your Main setup you lose the roms they don't work in a new version you've got your new roms you've got to mess about and blah 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 so i used 144 for a long time and i'm using 152 now and yeah. mr driller didn't play very well in it it was really slow and jerky and it wasn't running up to 100 percent. it was a bad frame rate but i played it on 152 which i believe you're on or you're even higher than that no yeah 152 um, and it plays lovely right so we're gonna play mr driller and you can play 500 metres or 1,000 metres, it's up to you. And we might do separate scores. But whatever you want to play, whatever you're, you like best, use that, because I'll play both. So we'll play Mr. Driller 1 on MAME. You have to have at least, I would have said 152, but I think most people are up to date with their MAMEs. Otherwise, yeah. it'll play choppy. You can also play it on the Dreamcast if you haven't got MAME. It's very similar. Right. It's, it's exact same. I'll, I will be playing on hardware, because I've got a board for this. So I'll pop it in there, get the wife on there. She's very good at it. Uh, 500 metres is quite easy to do, but the amount of bits you pick up and the speed you do it in alters your score. So if you can do the game on 500 or even 1,000 metres, it's a finite end to it and you will get a score. That's what we're aiming for. Right, well, go on, pick one. Pick one for the competition. What are we going to go for? 500 metres. 500 metres, yeah. right. So it's a score you're looking for. I'm not very familiar with this game. I've only played it for a couple of minutes, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a real fun... I love the Mr. Driller series. I've got all of them on PCBs. I've got Mr. Driller 1, 2, G, and I did have Star Trigon, but that's not like Mr. Driller. I got rid of it because it's not very good. Uh, but 1, 2, and G is my favourite, but 1 works really well on MAME, so hopefully all our listeners can play it along with us. So Mr. Driller, 500 metres. Mr. Driller! <laughs> really cool. Let's get off. And until yes. next time, listeners, thanks for listening and goodbye. Thanks for listening. And please vote for us again. Yes. For, for the finals of the Podcasters Awards. We put a link in our lovely show notes. Yes. And that pie and chips and those tea and biscuits, we want them. Ooh, lovely. Ooh. Got till 31st of August for that, I think. Okay. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. And see you next time. No, we won't. We'll listen to you next time. No, we won't. We're going through this again. Yeah. Bye, listeners. Goodbye. <laughs> you can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you. For game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered.